What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the All-Star Comics Podcast, powered by Horizon Comics. I'm your host, Jonathan Cote, and joining me on the panel tonight are... Danny Murray. Roger Bain. Johnny Morales. That was so unenthusiastic. They all said it the same way. Why do you pick me up? Because you always come with the like the crazy like names and stuff like that every yeah, week, Johnny. The little quippy. Um, I am the beast. No, stop. No, you, you ruined the moment. <laughs> uh, producing as always is Matthew Lubick. Hi, Matt. <laughs> Say hi, Matt. Oh, you. He says it with less enthusiasm. I know, but that's what I expect from. Okay, Matt. all right. So. Oh, um, this is Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> That's your uh, If this is your first time ever listening to this show, we are a spoilery review podcast. We're going to ruin the ending of something tonight, I'm, or at least I probably will. Bum, Not bum, even bum. intentionally. It'll, it'll just happen. Uh, we typically review a DC book, a Marvel book, and an independent book, a graphic novel. Roger's going to do some trivia for us, so you have an opportunity to win some free stuff. Uh, we're going to talk about some news, and there's some big news to huge talk about news. later. Yes, bum, huge. Bum, bum. Yeah. yeah, that's going to um, take definitely. a minute. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to unpack it for you guys. Uh, we'll talk about what's coming out next week. So, without further ado, uh, I'm going to pitch the book first, I guess. Pitch it. Yeah. Yay. So we got uh, Batman Lost, uh, which is a metal tie-in. Co-written by Snyder, Tynan, Williamson, with art by Menke, Paquette, and Jimenez. That so cover is beautiful. It is, and it's the dope. cover's by Olivier oh, Coipel. Oh, he's so good. He was actually supposed to do the art for this issue, and yeah. he got bogged down by something. Yeah, exactly. And I was yeah. kind of bummed, even though I really liked the art. Well, I read that, that he actually had some panels done, early panels really? done, oh, and oh, they, they scratched it. So, yeah. so sad. He was, he was actually the first artist I ever emailed to say, dude, I, I love your stuff. <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, that's so awesome. That was um, Straczynski's run on Thor. Oh, uh, yes. Oh, which is a great run. Thor run. Um, so if you guys have been wondering where Bruce has been since the end of issue two. Hell. Yeah, that's yeah, hell. pretty much right, right, yeah. <laughs> This issue explains that. <laughs> what do you mean? He's, he's, he's like a grandpa. He's got grandkids running around. They're like grilling out back. <laughs> that yeah. had you to know? be Williamson. <laughs> that had to be Williamson's panels. Like, that was so creepy with the grandpa. Tell me a story, grandpa. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, oh with the... Yeah. Yes. That was For awesome. For a moment, you're like, yeah. this is very endearing. It's like... And you're like, what the... I was... <laughs> I wasn't sold on this book until that moment when, <laughs> when that panel happened and and he's like, No, this story's not right and she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, and she's like, oh. I was like, yeah. oh. That does feel like Williamson. That was, it's it's gotta be Williamson's influence on there. Yeah, was, I don't know if like each guy scripted right. for the different artists or if sure they like, kinda writer's room did it, you know, and, and I'm pretty it. sure like Snyder was talking to like, Oh yeah, the girl is kind of gonna have like fangs and then Williamson's like, What if we have her on the ceiling? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have you seen the ring? Right. <laughs> um, so basically, you you've got kind of these tonal shifts as the artists change through this because Bruce is essentially falling through different realities. He's trying to go up, and he keeps getting pushed down. Right. And it, I, it's interesting, like the the artistic choices being the fact that Coipel didn't get a chance to do this, which yeah, is so sad. But I I did like Mankey's art, and I did like Paquette, and I really liked. Um, Jorge Jimenez is art. Jimenez is he's bound to be picked up for a bigger book because what he's doing on Super Sons is a gorgeous. Yeah. But also what he did in Batman. Lost this is, is a lot different so tonally. Yeah. Than what he did. He went way more kind of gritty, realistic than he does in Super Sons, and yeah. I wasn't aware that he was even capable of that. But it was mm. freaking great looking because it like some yeah of that right there that panel yeah are fantastic. So, so I mean him, yeah. he's future superstar material in my book. So, and have you seen the guy? 
Yeah. He looks like a superstar. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dude, he looks like a dude that He's the like, most handsome man you've probably seen all year. Yeah. Like, if, okay. if they were like, special announcement, <laughs> Henry Cable got kicked to the curb, and we now cast it, Jorge Jimenez. I'd be like, I can see that. I can see that. Like, yeah. that guy's, yeah. 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 When you think artist. You don't think. You don't think, you don't think Jorge Jimenez. Yeah, and if you look at his He's Instagram. He's too well groomed to be an artist. Dude, yeah. he like, like, he has. He's a ladies on man. On his Instagram, he has like him working out in the mirror kind of a thing, like. Yeah, he's ripped. Yeah, well, he's, John Boy Myers is is kind of a stud too. And Capullo, yeah. Capullo is like a freaking. He's, well, he's, he's like young. a biker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, he's like yeah. A biker metalhead. Metal yeah. <laughs> yeah, but this guy, this guy's just straight up like. Yeah, even Snyder was just like, dude, standing next to this guy, I am like a troll. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> that's probably, yeah, something that's along true those lines. Snyder, yeah. Anyway, so um, but the pacing in this book I thought was really good. Um, Paquette is great in in the stuff that he because he goes for the like this classic Batman story. I think it's his first mystery that Paquette uh, illustrates. Um, the The pages that Jimenez does are kind of I don't want to say random, but they're more of the the out there stuff. And then the stuff that Mankey illustrates is where we start and where we kind of end, and and that's more of the psychological side that I think Bruce is dealing with. Yeah. Um, with a lot of stuff. I don't want to spoil too much out of this, but I mean, we can, (laughs) what did you, what did you think? What would you have any favorite moments out of this? Um, yeah. Okay. So I know this is like so much an ode to Morrison's run on Batman. And I really like that because like Morrison, he like at the end of his run, he had like pack his sandbox and he had to leave. So he didn't get to really (laughs) like finish his story, but this is like Scott Snyder being like, hold my beer grant kind of thing because he finishes it for him um and he's doing that with metal but i really love the um kind of the full circle that they did mm-hmm. in the beginning where he's like it starts with a crash of a window kind of a thing and yep. how it's just constantly reminiscing this and it's just this re- this is repetitiveness that they that he has throughout this entire issue but um and it's also shrouded in just confusion like sometimes yeah. you have to look at this in the art I, it, it kind of reminds me. It's not the same exact thing, but it gave me the same exact feel of Capullo and Snyder's run when Batman's in the maze mm-hmm. in Court of Owls. Mm-hmm. Where you have when to turn the issue. You have to turn that? the issue all the way around. That was really clever. Right. It was amazing. So in this one, I felt like it's just it's crazy. It's, it's like it's like so weird, but it's so good. Yeah. You know, like I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it, and that's my favorite thing is that how they. They incorporated the that different time displaced Batman thro- falling through the ages. Exactly, yeah, 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 yeah. But all the different artists display mm-hmm. different realities. Yeah, displaying different types of multiverses and different types of writers through the ages, and it was it was so multi layered, and I love that about it. I mean, I had some some things. I I mean, that's metal in general. But I mean, overall, I really did like this issue. Yeah, I like the little Easter egg in the beginning with all the names of. If you guys did, you guys catch it. The, the panel in the, in, Probably not. on the bookcase, it has yeah. all of yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. like Nightfall, Dark Victory, Hush, It has all his, like, and that's what the that is going up to. Right. So. Court of Owls. Court of Owls. So what were you going to yeah, say, I Roger? That. Oh, I was going to ask Johnny, because, Johnny, you're usually not a fan of changing artists in the book, and there were several in this. Mm-hmm. Like how did how did, <laughs> how did you like that um, or respond to Well, it? yeah, you're, you're right. I, I do not like different artists. Um what I do sometimes give a pass on is when they do something like this, when they, um, when they kind of change between perspectives. Uh, like if and they realities. do it right, like if they do it in the middle of uh, the issue and nothing has changed, like that's just jarring and that's horrible to me. Mm-hmm. But this, it kind of works uh, in its favor because uh, what it's doing is it's kind of 
giving you that same uh, jarring effect, but it's supposed to give you that, like, oh, that sense that he's sinking, right? right. That, 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 that it's you know, weird. Um, uh, you mentioned uh, like the court of vowels uh, thing, like how it kind of like messed you up, like, wait, what's going on? Like, yeah, exactly. I, I have yep. the book upside down now, um, and this kind of uh, gave me like that. Um, it wasn't. Uh, it, it was good. It wasn't perfect. I. I did feel a lot lost, uh, and you know, per well, the title. Well, right. you're in the dark multiverse, right. for Pete's sake, Johnny. And I kind of wish it wasn't connected to the metal event because, like, this as a solo story, like maybe with like the Mad Hatter or anything, that it, it'd be amazing. Because, like, right now I am burned out on metal. I do not want to read any metal books. And um, oh. but this kind of got me interested, and it makes me want to read. How dare second. you, sir? You're gonna. <laughs> you are gonna have a break after next week because we have the Batman who laughs. Which we'll definitely review. Right. But then, uh, I think, well, you have the part four of Bats Out of Hell, mm -hmm. but then we have a four-week break. Mm. Yeah. See, see, the thing is, um, I'm kind, of, I'm interested in Batman Who Laughs because I feel like that one's going to be different from the other one-shots where it was the same thing. You know, something bad happens, he turns into the dark side. And, it, and then he pulls and, him through. Right. And then he and that, that, that's yeah. basically all the books. And I feel like with Batman Who Laughs, it might be different. This book... Um, you know, I would just read it because it's a good story. Like, mm -hmm. you don't – I guess you could only – you only need to understand that he's in the dark multiverse and he needs to escape. And that's all you need to know. And uh, with that, you can kind of read the story and enjoy it. Uh, I enjoyed it. Um, I did, like, through the writing, I did notice differences between writers. Like, oh, this do this doesn't feel like what I was reading yeah. uh, a panel before. Um you know, and that's kind of jarring, and, and and it sucks sometimes. But other than See, that, I didn't get that at all. Like right. I said, I don't know if there well, maybe you don't pay scriptures. attention. Oh, <laughs> shots, Johnny! No, wait, you shots, don't. Johnny! No, because turn I was in that say... Metallica shirt. You're no metalhead, <laughs> like you little poser. Hey, my dude, I love um, Metallica. I was I was oblivious to all of it, you know, because I when you said different artists, you know, when you mentioned that at the beginning, you talk, I was like. What? There were different <laughs> artists? <laughs> and it didn't, because the, I mean, I thought the entire issue, it it flowed for me. Yeah. yeah. You know, the way it was written. I didn't, I didn't even realize there were different writers. Roger, you know? what, did I, this, I what did this mean to you? All these I names in the bottom right-hand corner. I'm what like, do you think that means? I know. You own this shop, man. It's like, it's awesome. Uh, but see, I don't like, read. It, I don't read. I just, I just opened it. Open it. To me, it, it almost felt like it was a writer's room style. Like, it could have been one guy that was doing it, and they were all sitting next to each other, mm -hmm. like... You know, like what about this? What about that? And like right, kind of yeah. doing that. It, it, it wasn't been that because I did not feel like this this shift like through writers. Right. It wasn't like each writer was writing a part of the script. It it like it just felt like oh this kind of has the tone or the the feel of this writer. Like you know we were talking like certain scenes of when that little girl was on top. Like yeah, that felt like a Williamson. But um that but doesn't yeah, mean I don't, it, I don't that doesn't mean it wasn't bad. It was bad. Yeah, and that's what I'm getting at is like. It wasn't see that there's all the writers contributed to like they were right. playing to their strengths. Right. You know. Yeah, but different writers bring different things to the table. And when you're yep. dealing with something as unknown as the dark multiverse, that they kind of like did this with so many different artists and so many different writers, it kind of adds to that. But I'm kind of going on Johnny's side a little bit about being a little burnt out on metal. And here's the thing. Are all the single story books well written? Yes, they're well written. But when um, I would disagree with that. Well written. I mean, come on. A lot of other things that have come out nowadays. Not DC. DC. It no, doesn't I mean up to par with a lot of DC things. But like, okay, the Drown wasn't wasn't amazing. But they're still not bad stories. You know, they're not bad. No, but, but they they're are not all good. The same. 
Yeah, they are the well, same. So, I'll well, give you that. Some of them are great. I mean, Dawnbreaker was Red great. Death Red was Death was amazing. Great. Yeah. Dawnbreaker was amazing. Merciless, I thought was darn good. That was, I mean, it was a really good book. Tomasi and freaking Manipul. <laughs> but in in the the reason why I'm a little bit burnt out is is this is because. I feel like metal right now is a piece of steak that you've been eating for a long time and you're not going back for another bite. So you're just chewing on the same exact thing. We got Dawnbreaker, and then we got Dawn, and then we got a Burnt Drown, and then we got Red Death, and then we got Murder Machine. We got all these different things. I can understand that, but being the fact that DC hasn't had an event in a while and they're giving me a lot, I'm like, cool. I just feel like this event is not a forced one. I think this is what Scott Snyder has been planning for a very long time. Similar yeah. to yeah. John's big rock opera. I- yeah, in his in, in, you know the uh, Blackest Night kind of thing. It's yep. it's his Blackest Night. But if you look at even in the pre uh, in that pre yeah, pre-rebirth new 52 era, right? Snyder writes Court of Owls. Everyone writes side stories for Court of Owls in their books. Mm-hmm. Death of the Family. Everyone writes side stories in Death of the Family. Um Zero year. Everyone writes. So they always throw writers onto Zack Snyder's world. Every single. Uh, not Zack Snyder. Dear God, no. But Scott Snyder's world. <laughs> <laughs> Scott Snyder's world, right? And sometimes I, I truly don't believe when you force a writer to be inspired to write something, there's something lost there. And that's why I think that sometimes with metal, they're like, this is a great story that Scott's creating. Now we're going to throw some more onto it. I don't think Scott had these ideas for every single one of these things. Beasts having their own issues, and then bats out of hell, where they're fighting, and then they all lose, and then all this different thing. I, I, I just don't. I think it was more of a here's my story, and then DC's like, let's create more around that, and they're trying to find lightning in a bottle. Right. Well, and that's that. That's the, my. Be- it's still good. Don't get me wrong. It's still really, really good. The, the only. But I don't think it's inspired. I've never had someone agree with me. Anyway, <laughs> um, the, the only <laughs> that's how it is on opinioneering, Johnny. <laughs> All right. The the only thing that uh, like the the event is good. I just wish I had um, kind of like the option of not. Uh, you know, reading them like the the one shots is all good. The DC metal event is all good, but when they um, throw in tie-ins to uh, you know, like what Marvel always does, they they put in tie-ins to their books. They interrupt the storyline and they do some tie-ins like that. I don't want. Look, I'll 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 give you that. Mm-hmm. I, I think I was talking with somebody about this just a couple hours ago in the shop, and I, DC is doing almost everything right. Mm-hmm. No, oh, yeah. I mean as a company yes, uh, across their entire line. Um, I think if I had to say one misstep of theirs was in the crossover miniseries. You know, they don't do this a lot. They, they've done it in action in Superman a couple of times, you know. But, Squad. Yeah. I mean, they, they've done a few crossover miniseries. They're yeah, usually reborn. short, and it's like weekly for a month, and then it's done. That, that's, that's cool. Yeah. But honestly, if – if they were really thinking about the fans 100%, then these uh, Bats Out of Hell and Gotham Resistance would have been four-issue miniseries right. that could have been weekly. They could have planned that in advance, and they would have been their own things. Hey, you know, pick this up if you want. We've got two four-issue companion series going over a two-month period instead of doing the crossover miniseries. Yeah. Because all that, you know, and again, they they, they don't do it as much as Marvel, but it's still a turn off the fans. It's like I, I don't normally get the the Hal Jordan book, or I don't normally get the Flash book, or the Just League book, or right. the you know pick a book. But all they're doing is they're trying to bump the sales of you know the lagging books 
to you know some of their top flight books. Yeah. And and I disagree with that. I don't, I don't think that they should do that. I understand the inclination to do it. Um, the the one the one upside to this is that you know we know that with, that uh, Snyder and, and DC went to these guys on these books and they said, hey, we're going to do this story called Metal. We want you guys, you know, if you guys want to write these stories, you can. We want you to write them. Mm-hmm. If if you if if not if if the workload's too much if you you know can't uh, find the time to do it or, or really don't we want to sit this one out we'll have somebody else do it and I respect that and and to a man all of these guys said hey we'll do it yeah but we who's gonna be it. like we no I be... don't want that well they did have yeah. somebody yeah who, who's gonna be who like doesn't? no I'll pass what? well somebody you know, did uh, Snyder so, wants to take me out drinking so the the devastator yes. creative the devastator creative team oh because Angry right Banner. because they. Their plate was full. Yeah, right. I can't remember who the original. Uh, they actually initially said yes, and then they came out and they said, uh, "We're yeah. actually we're not going to be able to do this to give it the quality that it deserves." So yeah. They, so Thierry and, and yeah. um, Tony Daniel had to step in and fill right. out. Their series was last week, wasn't it? Didi Sandoval didn't yeah. do Dawnbreaker. Right. No, but he did. But that do... was Van Syver, and it was Sam Humphreys. Yeah. It was just well, no, but Venditti, Green Lantern guys. But Venditti did do Bats Out of Hell three. Yeah. Well, and he well he's doing Hal Jordan and the thing is like I'm fine with this event going on. Um, I just don't want it to be uh, like for people that aren't reading this event that are picking up Flash. I don't want it to be like oh well do I skip yeah. this or is there going to be something tied in? With well, the and I'm really I'm curious now because part of part of what may be going into this too is that I've been like no we're going to read Metal every week, right? You know, and so you've had to read Metal every week. Right. Uh, oh yeah. Rather than you know most people I who don't just care. want I want to read it. I want to read it every week. All the metal. But I'm curious to see when when we because after next week. Uh, we're not going to come back to metal until Christmas week. Okay. Um, I, I'm pretty sure, unless I mean, Jesus. yeah, because Hawkman Hawkman Found doesn't come out until the week after Christmas too. So, I think we're going to go a month without any metal. Yeah, I mean, thank God we have Doomsday Clock. Yeah. <laughs> you also have to think about DC oh, yes. as a company, though. Like, they not just want to sell their singles; they want to sell graphics, and they want to sell those big ones right there in the corner. Absolutely. Yep, omnibuses. Is omnibuses, Doomsday right? Clock number two coming out in December. Yes, it is. Whoa, okay. Christmas week. Wow. I'm gonna look at or is that? Oh, is Christmas, Christmas week? week? It's, it's either you, Jonathan. <laughs> Christmas and birthday, man. I'm yeah, it's sad. it's either like the twentieth or the twenty seventh. It's either the week yes! of or the or the so week the after, the week Wednesday of. Or we, yeah, yeah, it's it's one of those. I want to I want to say mm-hmm. that it's coming out the same week as Hawkman Found. Oh, we got to Doomsday Clock though. Like. <laughs> so and, and that would be the twenty seventh. Because, yeah, because I think Metal Number 4 is the, let's say the 20th, whatever that Wednesday is, and then um, Doomsday Clock Number 2 and Hawkman Found. We might have to review two books that week because I'm really I'm really looking forward to Hawkman Found, too. Yep. So we're ending the year with Jeff Metal Lanier. and Doomsday Clock. Yeah, Doomsday yeah. Clock comes out Who's on that episode? 20, <laughs> I, want to be here. <laughs> I need to kick them off. Yeah, I know. I want to, I'm like, yo, how much? How much? Because I want to sit around that table and talk this. Uh, uh, much. Weird. How um, much is your pool that week? Does, <laughs> it says DC only has one book on November 29th. Dark Days the Four is the casting director's cut. Maybe. And then it might Dece- not have been solicited, bro. Yeah, De- December mm, 6th. No, the five Wednesdays are in November. It's four Wednesdays in December. Yeah, there's maybe a, there's this, a lot of books coming well, he out. He said November 29th. 
Holy mackerel. You said, oh, you said November 29th? Yeah, November 29th. There's a bunch of annuals, too. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, that's why it's not showing up. I only showed up issues. Yeah, November 22nd, Doomsday Clock, number one. Well, and I'm, I'm going to give a quick plug. We're going to be doing, when Doomsday Clock comes out in the week of Thanksgiving, we're going to be doing kind of a crossover episode yeah. with uh, Danny's uh, podcast, Opinioneering. Yes. Um, we're going to, it's going to be two episodes yeah. that we're going to be doing that week, which is um, a Justice League movie, movie review right, yeah. and um, Doomsday Clock. I know you guys are excited about that because you guys mostly talk about the comic books, but Opinioneering, we do one episode of like one episode, we talk about movies, and the next one, that's why we do marathon recordings, and we cover like all spectrums, and then we just go. But you guys don't really talk about movies, so I'm really excited to have you guys on yeah. uh, with you know my other hosts, mm-hmm. um, and to have you guys there and talk about Justice League movie and talk about the cool. DC Cinematic Universe. Yeah, yeah, and well, yeah it's fun. I'm, I'm not getting my hopes up for this. I don't even think Mikey Simon's you know texted me today. He's like, you have your Justice League ticket yet? And I'm like, nope, I'm okay. still not thinking about it. <laughs> I have mine. What time are you watching it? Thursday night? Thursday night, 9.15. Ooh, okay. Is it sold out? Because I should probably watch that. No, it's, no, not, it's sold not sold out. out. Just, no, it's they're, not still, out. they're still People good are still available. waiting for Rotten Tomatoes, for Pete's sake. Yeah. So, um, spent, yeah, we yeah, spent yeah, yeah. Anything, anything else that we want to talk about? Well, I, I no? just, I, I, in my podcast, everyone was like, Daddy, you're so horrible, and you rip things through the mud. Dark Nights and Dark Days and Metal is still a very well-written, well-rounded, very, very well done. But I just feel a little bit on Johnny, like, Every week there's another one. It's kind of, it's kind of, it's, they just saturate the market so much, and I get why you do it. I get it because the, you have the omnibuses and you have all Do these Nazi things. Nazi Secret Empire. Okay. <laughs> well, they start. Gracious. Yeah, they started with a bang. I'm curious in in a month time after we have a month with no metal, and you give the opening salvo time to breathe. Will you feel the same way? But also, or they're closing you, out with only three issues. Or will you be ready issues? to? Yeah. They don't have these weekly stuff these right. side stories for the last three. I think all of this is foundation for the that ending back half and I'm, and I'm curious how you know are people going to be scratching their arm you know needing that metal fix <laughs> that'll be me you know yeah Wait, that'll so be me it, yeah, it is that. that good but they're all very well written but yeah. it's just one of those things that like I think you have to get through the darkness to get to the dawn kind of thing quite oh, literally man. but alright moving on rating um Four, very well written, kind of tired of metal, but you guys should read this. It's good. Roger. Yeah, I think it, it's it's a solid four stars for me, too. I was really sold when when, when the granddaughter ended up on the ceiling. <laughs> that was like, because I was, I was kind of, you know, this is this is, this is is a good read, you know, and then when she, she was on the ceiling, I was like, well, oh, that's worth an extra star. Can I introduce you to Nailbiter? Mm. <laughs> Maybe. That's fine. No. Danny. Uh, I'd give it a four. Solid four. Like, Roger. Uh, yeah, it's nothing less than that. Nothing. It is more than that. It could be more than that. But four was, I mean, oh, it, okay, I keep going back and forth in my brain because the writing was really well. But even the. I'll help you out. My rating's 4.5. Can you do that? Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. I didn't oh, know yeah. you guys can do that. Yeah. Sometimes Johnny does like 4.312. I've never done that. Okay, they get on me on my podcast. I'm like, that's like a 2.8. A 4.5 is a everything? 9 out of 10. Yeah. So 4.5 for me. Uh, okay, up top, right there, 4.5. Just because the art and the chemistry between the writing and the flow and the pacing of it was spot on. But mm-hmm. it wasn't the perfect book. But it was plus, staying close. You know, one of the things I forgot to mention earlier about this was, you know, for the first time, I mean, and granted, it's because we still have more to see with metal. Mm-hmm. But Bruce didn't succeed in this. Yeah. 
we have to wait and see how that works out. And that's one thing I was actually questioning at the end of this book, which is fine. And when you leave a question at the end, that's that's very good. Um, so where, uh, where Metal 3 is, where Clark comes through, mm-hmm. right? And he's like, you know, Clark, what the heck? Like, you are actually the battery kind of a thing. He's out of one of those pillars, right, that kind of like Matrix style keeps yeah. you all. But at the end of Lost, he's in that pillar. Yeah. So where's that disconnect on where he's not in the pillar, where he is in the pillar, and he's in all these things What's kind of going thing? On? Yeah, kind yeah. of thing. So, so that's what I kind of liked. That was my idea. That's what yeah. I kind of liked. So Johnny, I may need okay. a drink after that. Tell us about this book. Right, the indie book is uh, Iron Maiden: Legacy of the Beast. Yes, you heard correctly, Iron Maiden: The Band, uh, by Lexi Leon and Ian Edgington. Uh, Those two guys. Scripted and oh, plotted. right. And Kevin West is the pencils. There you go. Uh, so this book is about the Iron Maiden mascot named Eddie, yeah. uh, who is get being, I don't know, stalked by the, the beast, the devil himself. And he gets released by this lady, and this lady? he becomes a hero. Yeah. Dude, like, that that's my pitch. It's like he gets freed, uh, he fights a bunch of zombies, and he's going after the devil, and then he gets, like, this the magical... Beast. The beast. Right, the beast. She has Ebonics for a vernacular, too. Like. <laughs> six, <laughs> six, 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 if bro. that doesn't sell you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. On a metal comic book. Yeah. And he, he gets a piece of his soul and it gives him this cool 666 jacket. But that's Dude, it. She said run to the hills at the end. Yeah. Run to the hills. <laughs> that's now, just was, this book, was this book more metal run than Batman metal? Uh, no. No? no. Not as metal? No. Not as metal. Uh, and Batman's not references, even metal. References, yes, it was more metal, but... Ethos and feel, metal's way, way more. <laughs> it's more metal than metal, man. Yeah, exactly. More metal than metal. Yeah. This is a weird book. What is this? Wh- why? 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 Weird? Did, how is it weird? Why did we read this? Like, seriously. Because like, I wanted to see you squirm like this. You gotta sit closer. I, I know. Th- this, this, this doesn't... This is just. You guys made the mistake of giving me this this rolly chair, chair, and now I'm gonna keep leaning back all night. Do you want to swap? Jonathan's voice is gonna come in and out, in and out, around town. Yep. There's no reason for Eddie to be tied up to this tree. We don't know why he's tied up to this tree. Because Uh, he is. God, who cares, man? Like, where he gets freed, and we don't know why he's going after the beast. This is a comic based off of the mascot from Iron Maiden, Johnny. I think Johnny is the me of All Star Comics. Yes. Because over at Opinioneering, they get mad at me like, why is this guy here? It's just, it, it's it's comics, man. You're reading a freaking comic book. Like they got, I like Johnny. I haven't spent much time with Johnny, but I already like Johnny. Just give it enough time. Yeah, but I, 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 but I have to disagree with him with the same it, <laughs> Brother from another mother. Right. Down south. Uh, this book was kind of pointless. It, it didn't really show us the motivations of Eddie. It yeah. didn't show us any... Uh, any motivations for any characters? To I'm be not honest. sure Eddie is capable of motivation. Right, it's like saying like, "What's the motivation of it's, a zombie?" Like they don't have yeah. <laughs> to feed because he's like feed. hurt. Then, then why make him the star of this comic? First and foremost, because, you're reading. Let's just say you yeah. are reading an Iron Maiden comic <laughs> right. book, put out by Heavy Metal. <laughs> Yeah. Magazine. If you didn't put on the trooper and run to the hills while reading this, That's you fail at life. I think it's because he's wearing a Metallica shirt. Probably. Oh, Were I, you wearing the Metallica shirt while reading Iron Maiden? I was. Then oof. that's probably why there's that disconnect there. I do have an Iron Maiden shirt. You should have worn the Iron Maiden shirt yeah. while reading the Iron Maiden. I was Maiden playing Carly Ray Jepsen when I was reading this. Oh, she's great. Oh, well, that's... Oh, dear God. <laughs> Not metal, but God. Have you read her comic book? Not that's sure. like... <laughs> that's like mixed media. I don't... Crossing streams. Don't call me, maybe. maybe? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. 
No, she's real good, but not metal. I, I agree, but that's crossing <laughs> streams that... <laughs> so besides I, the motivation... Oh, sorry. Go, go ahead, Roger. No, I thought this this story was completely serviceable. I mean, it was... Yeah. It, it, was, it was weird. <clears throat> with all the zombie, yeah. like, it, masked animal people, but it was fun. Yeah. You know, and I... Because for me, it was just that. It was just pure, you know, silly enjoyment, you know? The art is good. At least. I, yeah, the art's yeah. great. The, the thing about it is, like, they introduce these big characters to go, go up against Eddie, like this pig dude. Pig man. Man right? bear pig. <laughs> M- man bear pig. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, you think, like, oh, this Wouldn't is going to... be a warthog? No, South because Park. man, oh. South Park <laughs> reference. Sorry. Got it. Sorry, it's my a, bad. It's a dumb reference. Anyway, like, they, they make it seem like he's going to give Eddie, like, a really tough fight. But then, you know, he just throws an axe and kills him. Okay. And, yeah. I will give you 100%. I actually, when reading this, I was like, where'd that axe come from? First and foremost. Yeah. And it's kind of like, I want to go back to Tom King. It's kind of like Bane beats the crap out of Batman, and Batman just has to headbutt Bane and bed down for the count. You know, kind of a thing? Like, he just. And then they, they introduce this big giant fire dude with a Not fragment of his soul and he beats him in a page it's just it's kind of ridiculous like the dialogue is weird especially coming this from the this is a five part series is it really they've got to just get yeah, moving that's this why is... it says one out of five right there <laughs> on the right My on dude, the front if, if if this was a Marvel book you would not be this lenient on it Probably. No, you would not. But here's you the would thing. Absolutely. Hate here's the it. thing. He probably wouldn't have been because there's years of years of decades of backstories and depends and, on and what the character was. Exactly. Yeah. That's like saying that the first time they watched Star Wars, like, why is he a farmer? Why is Luke a farmer? <laughs> Who's this guy in black? Why is it moisture? I don't understand this. Dude, this blue milk is killing. Me. <laughs> yeah, Come exactly. On. Why do they have blue milk? So, so do what, they have blue cows? What's up with the? What's up with the? <laughs> God. <laughs> Oh. I'm usually on your side, Johnny, for the last 20 minutes. But this one, I think it's like it's just comic. Now, point, I get it though. I get it though. The point because I talked to you both individually about this, and the yeah. point that you that you both kind of brought up to me independently was that this this ancient eternal seer chick's dialogue is yeah seems like out of place. It's yeah, so it's like why is she Pull so quippy? Yeah. That's exactly what I said. Like, right. Who would say for, for, yeah. And I agree with that because for a heavy, the, the publisher of this book is Heavy Metal Comics. Yeah. Like, we're talking like the old school heavy metal from like the 80s, what, yeah. whatever. Right. Right. I think yeah. they're still printing. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're yeah, still printing. I mean. Still a thing. So, st- you know, th- that's the publisher of this. It's Iron Freaking Maiden, the 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 band with yeah. Eddie punchy stuff, but she talks like she's from freaking South Central. Like, right? Yeah. That's what, what I said. The, heck? the vernacular of the bonics kind of a thing. Like, yeah. And I love, I, okay, the first, okay, you have this like. And she's a seer of the fates. You'd expect like more like forsooth, like does thine. Some, yes, right? Like yeah. a little bit Some more nobility. of a refined talking. Yeah. Yeah. But the oh, best part about it is even if his, let's say everyone called him Eddie, she would have called him Edward, right? But I was like, I am Da 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 from blah blah blah. I don't. I can't re- quote it right now. But and I'm a Sia, and you, Eddie. And he's like, <laughs> like oh, he's what? like Eddie. Brr, like, brr. like what? The? He, he's like, he does call him Edward. She once. calls him Edward to the end. Right. But if I would have saw that in the beginning, and then the zombie people called him Eddie because they knew who he was, obviously, because it was like, oh, we need to take him alive. So they knew who he was. If they would have called him Eddie, I would have understood that. The, I didn't even know like heavy metal comics was a thing. I know heavy metal magazine is a is a big. Well, thing. that is yeah, it's the same company. That's oh. what I mean. It, oh, heavy okay. metal magazine. No, yeah, is, I, I know, but yeah. like, do they print a lot of comics? No, I think yeah. that this is their opening salvo. Oh, okay. Really? Unless they have in the past, I've never seen heavy metal Sweet. publish a comic. They do so. not know about the importance of lettering in a comic, because holy crap. <laughs> Here we go. No, That's dude. That's awesome. No, because, like, 
they people think that lettering is like the least important thing. No, it's like the most. It's one of the most important things because it has to be Pretty there. Sure, the cover is the most important thing I, to grab them. <laughs> That's just me sure. as I work in marketing, but the cover is pretty nice. You know what I want for the lettering of the next issue just for Johnny? I want it all in the Iron Maiden font. I, all the way yes. through. That would have messed oh me God. up. No. Like, that would have been hard to read, like, yeah, quite honestly. <laughs> but it would have been metal. Pe- yeah. People uh, like you know um, put aside the, the lettering because like, oh, it's just words. But you have to not notice the lettering like it has to be like oh I'm just reading a comic but with this with the beast but Johnny you're an unlettering snob <laughs> none of us are now, okay. I don't have a problem with the lettering okay Johnny for for, for the un, the for the, read, for the readers for the listeners that just read comic books but they don't understand the science behind lettering explain that to them why is lettering so important the thing is, lettering has to be important because it has to be there. It has to convey the correct message that you're trying to convey, but it all you can't notice it. Mm-hmm. When it's noticeable, it, it takes you out of the story completely. Yeah, it has to be natural. Right. Yeah. It has to be natural. When the beast is talking, it's using this weird lettering, which ki- could be a cool effect, but like at um, when I first look at it, it's like, oh, I have to kind of focus on it to read it correctly, yeah. and that takes me out of the story. And that wasn't as bad as the, the lettering for the other... Um, beast type of thing where uh, this guy like this guy oh. i it, it was just i had to f- I like really that. focus like it's cool it's a it cool just, thing it was it, it was just kind of giving conveying the thought that it was a different voice tone. yeah exactly when i see different lettering yeah. i see different voices or i hear different and even the color orange gives a different type of yeah like right. a fiery type exactly of, when it, i hear the devil I hear the, the thing yeah. is lettering could mm-hmm. be uh different fonts and different things like that can be used to great effect but with this font it kind all the letters kind of look very similar to each other, very uh, you know pointy, and it, it's just hard for me to like. It's not hard for me to read, but it takes me out of the story, just like the art. Hmm. It snaps you out of the suspense right of disbelief. because because I I notice that there's a, a big difference, and like let's say the Joker's talking, like that's good lettering that I I will probably notice, but won't take mm-hmm. me out of the story. Yeah. This isn't good lettering. My problem with the lettering wasn't that. My problem with it wasn't essentially a problem. It was just something that I had to go back and read a couple panels before. Is that um, the seer? What is her name for Pete's sake? The seer, Cassandra, Kathatha, Kathatha, I am the clairvoyant. Alice. Yeah, I am the clairvoyant, a sightless seer in the realm. Oh, clairvoyant. So clairvoyant. So the clairvoyant, right? Her lettering in these side bubbles up here. One. Hot chick one. It goes on for like three pages, right? And then it cuts straight to, um, right? So here, here, here. This obviously, you know, is dialogue. But in the bubbles in the photos, it's for multiple pages. And then it switches straight over to the beast or the devil or whatever, Satan, whatever you want to call him. Um, and then I, 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 the 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 style of writing was so similar that I thought it was the same exact person talking, just in different styles of lettering. So I was like, oh, wait, hold on. No, this is different people. I had to, I had to snap oh, it in my brain. Was it different people? Well, yeah, because obviously it's different lettering. Oh, oh, right. Oh, yeah. I, I thought you were talking about something earlier. Okay. No, 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 no. no. So, like, it's, there's her for multiple pages, and then it's him for multiple pages, and then it changes up. So for me, it was kind of like, well, ah, crap. Okay. And since the writer, I don't think the writer changed his writing style per character. You know, like this person talks similar to this, or this person talks like that, except for Ebonics woman. <laughs> yeah. Um, Claire. The, yeah. The, we'll call Claire. 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 We'll call Claire. The, the uh, fire dude. But it wasn't horrible. It was just whatever. It uh, was just me being dumb. The, the fire dude, literally, his first line, it says, you want this? <laughs> That's the writer. That's not the letter, dude. That's the little Lexi. Oh, What's his I, name? I freaking, I, I didn't have a problem yeah. with it. There was the, the lettering stuff. I, I knew what was going on. Like, it didn't take me out of the story. I was just like, yeah, it's Iron Maiden. I'm, yeah, a, I'm a comic I, snob, so there you go. I'm almost never 
bothered by lettering. It has to be pretty un- bad. Unless it's super, you know, tiny yeah, print that I can't it. read or something. Or or if it's like red lettering on black Ooh. or, uh, you know, some, or yellow on orange. I mean, the Ooh. white on orange is... I, I, when it feels like you're reading highlighter. But I could still read it. Like, <laughs> I was just like, oh, I have to use my orange voice <laughs> now. Kindergarten. <laughs> yeah. kindergarten. What, what does your orange voice sound like, Roger? Like my blue voice. <laughs> <laughs> Get that confused with his red voice. <laughs> All right, let's rate this thing, Roger. Um, three stars for me. I, you know, I, I, I enjoyed it. It was, yeah, it was exactly what it is meant to be. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's exactly what it's built. And I, I thought the writing, was, the, the art, surprised me the most. Yeah, I, I was like, this, this looks, this looks pretty darn good. Because here's the thing, Alien Toilet Monsters set a new low, and it's going to be really hard. To oh, get yeah. that low. one more time, alien toilet monsters. That exists. Yes, can, in this universe. Yes. Yeah. Oh. No, yeah. I, did you sell those? It copies? might as well be. No, I, that title. I've sold two. Okay. You um, need to I, read I it. Have, uh, you need I'll, to attempt to read it. I'll send you home with a copy. Goodness gracious, alien yeah. toilet monsters. Yes. It's real bad. Yeah. Wait, is, didn't they make a movie about that? No. no. This is brand new. There's one issue since yeah. like 2015 or something. That's that's probably they got, they couldn't get past the cover. Like I so, said, it's a very important. Yeah. It, yeah. So anyway, that sent that sent like comic stuff to new lows for me. And I'm yeah. like, man, if it's not Alien Toilet Monsters bad, we're good. We got no problems. So, yeah. Well, me. that's not like if you're like, if you rate every movie by Green Lantern, then yeah, you're going to be like, well, it's not as bad as Green Lantern. <laughs> Green Lantern's a six out of 10, man. It's not that you'd bad. To, yeah. It's above have... average, but it's still like good. Like, yeah, it's not, not bad, it's but it's not good. Well, it's not like a four or three, like people say it is. It's not that bad. It's not like BBS. It's, right. it's not like Fantastic <laughs> Four. It's all like, I know that's a complicated <laughs> discussion for <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a discussion for opinion hearing. <laughs> for you guys to come what's over your, What's your rating? Uh, my ratings, I'm going to give it a, okay, I'm going to give it a 3.75. Does that the, the her count? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I was I was fighting. Right. I'm gonna give it a three point seven five. You're channeling your inner Johnny. Here's the I've thing. I've never done like. <laughs> no, no, no. You can't do three point seven five. Only halves. He's a guest. We can let him get away. Just with for it. that, I'm gonna be three point six eight. <laughs> 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 no. Okay. So here's the reason why is that I look and you know in the cover and it's a story by Lalexi, uh, Leon. I know that it's Lexi. Whatever. Um, the double L. It's like Yexi. Lalexi. Right? Johnny would tell you it's Yexi. Yexi with a Y. That's no, not Lexi. how Spanish works. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, my mom is from South America, and double L is not the ya sound. It's the ja sound. So it'd be Jexi. Jexi. Okay. Yeah, from, it might from be. Colombia. Um, so, from Patagonia. Oh, there you go. Oh, that's Argentina. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah, nice. come on. So anyway, sorry. Uh, sorry. Here's the reason why. Is um, The art was good. It wasn't great to me. The flow yeah. of it, some of the panels to panel, it didn't make the connections as well. But I will give props to Lalexi because the... Cause the <laughs> Forever from this day forward, Lalexi. Shout out Lalexi. For, um, the writing wasn't bad. Like, I've read, and we're going to go on to our next story, but this one, <laughs> but this one, the writing was actually pretty decent. Like, even though, like the character decisions that they made for the writing wasn't good at all, especially for Claire. Like, it was so bad, but it wasn't horrible, you know? Like, even the dialogue and the bubbles and the thought bubbles and stuff, like, it wasn't bad writing. It was good, con- like, and there was a lot, like, Snyder does a lot of this, and just a lot of dialogue, so it gives you a lot of thoughts. 
Um, just yeah. wait until you read Alien Toilet Monsters, man. Oh my goodness, I'm, I'm gonna give it three point five. Um, yeah, I, I, I was like, oh, okay, Iron Maiden. Let's see what this is about. Oh, it's Iron Maiden. Cool. <laughs> On to the next thing. So I, I thought like, it was gonna be like you know, one point two. No, like That's exactly it, what you expected it yeah, to be. I mean, yeah. the fact they ended this issue by saying, "Run to the hills, run for your life." In an Iron Maiden uh, comic. If, if you, it didn't end like 5. that, you'd be disappointed. Yeah, if it didn't end with some reference to some Iron Maiden song. I gotta ask this question, though. Johnny, did you go in this thinking that it was gonna be worse? Than what? Than whatever you gave it. What did you give it, like a four? Or three? Oof, no. What'd you, What'd you give it? Uh, I'm giving it a one and a half. Good uh, grief. Okay. Oh. Yeah, dude, like, no, so it's... three out of ten. I think uh, it kicked it up at least uh, a half a star or a star when he got a piece of his soul fragment back, and, and that gave him a it. biker jacket. Yeah. Oh, my God. You know, <laughs> with ruined. 666 on the back. I was like, that's cool. <laughs> like, all of a sudden, like, his powers, like, gave him the leather jacket. But that was really yeah. stupid, like, it, a giant thing, like, you can't go past me, like, huh. It literally ruined the song what? Run Away With Me by Carly Rae Jepsen. Like, what did it <laughs> Right. Anyway, no, That's so, so yeah, like one and a half, like the, uh, I felt like the story didn't flow as good. The art was okay. The lettering was, ah, and you know, like I didn't like it. I didn't you like did, it. That's it. One and a half. You didn't mention the colors or the inker. Coloring and inkering <laughs> is okay. Inkering? It's good. Inkering? I said inking. What about the editor? Inkering? Inkering. Yes, the inkering was okay, Jonathan. Is that what you want to hear? Yes. What about the reader? <laughs> yeah, what about the editor, Jonathan? <laughs> what about Roger? <laughs> All right, Roger. Um... Marvel? What? I'm I'm up to bat. I think you're up to bat. Dang on it. Are you up to bat? Uh, I got this. Oh, you're uh, oh, Okay, you're patching or pitching the. Uh, the yeah, he's house. patching what, Jonathan? Patching the gobble. <laughs> he's he's patching the gobble. Okay, hold on a second for for this pitch. You I've gotta got own it, Johnny. That's yeah, the, the technique. Okay. Yeah. Like this one's gonna be yeah. real long. And that's what that comic should I don't know if I can read. Have you guys heard? Okay. Have you guys heard the Titanic theme song done by a by a recorder? It's on YouTube. It's hilarious. You'll laugh your butt off. That's what I picture this next one that we're doing like <laughs> somebody took the you know the 20th century fox oh that's what we're looking for so you know you know uh john williams did the 20th century fox theme too right yeah, yeah. like okay so somebody took like one of those like, like oh no it's one of those little uh trombone tr- no the little piccolo type whistle like, and did the theme like that like and it was one of those like Oh, like you don't know it's coming, and it just for whatever reason every time like I play it, just as like you laugh. Oh yeah. Oh, dude, you got to look up the Titanic song by yeah. the recorder. Is it the goof one where he's totally off and he's playing it on the recorder? Like, there's that one too. I don't know. Uh, anyway, we're totally on a, like, okay. a rabbit hole. Yeah. So this week uh, for Marvel, we're reviewing uh, Star Wars number thirty-eight, uh, written by Kieran Gillen, um, art by Salvador La Roca, colors by Guru FX. <laughs> Okay, um, so a uh, long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> there was a real uh, comic. <laughs> it, it is a period of civil war. Rebel spaceships striking iron hidden bases have won their first victory. I'm sorry, that's for a new hope. Yeah, I was about to um, say. This is, this is a mess. <laughs> I wanted it to be good. I, I don't. I wanted it to be good, too. Dude, I expected, was, dude, it was Karen Gillen. Darth Vader was good. Yeah, and so is uh, uh, Doctor Afra. Yeah, this was yeah. just kind of like what? It was garbage. I wow. Um, this Oof. this book shocked me. I, I mean, I, I read this and I got to the end and I was like, uh, you know, 
Did you feel dumber for reading it? Afterwards? <laughs> what is well, Star yeah. Wars? Look, I'm not the the biggest Star Wars fan to begin with. Yeah. And and this made me feel like just a moron. Like I, you know, there's there's he referenced hardcore Jason Aaron's run. That's what everything with the shoe Torin Queen, the guy at the end. That's all little callbacks to Jason Aaron's run, which is kind of weird considering that he's taking over and he's starting something new. Why would you go back and reference all of a bunch of stuff that we? No, he's probably to try to be like, don't worry, guys. I know the true foundation from these guys. Don't worry. I know what my stuff, you know, like you're trying to do with that nostalgia factor mm-hmm. that the DC Cinematic Universe is trying to do right now, nostalgia. But maybe <laughs> he's trying to do that. It's just purely based off know. nostalgia. I um th- this was this was this was really a junk story. I mean, there was nothing. I I did not I did not know. I, I have no they idea. Well, I can tell you what's no about idea. a little what bit. God awful. It's okay. So basically, Kieran Gillen was like, "Hey, Rogue One was pretty good. Yeah, let's That's do some of that." Does this Luke Jones goes to Jeddah? Yeah, yeah. But like, nothing happens. Like, what if we took the idea of Rogue One and made it? Boring, like current, and like land. really boring. Yeah, nothing like happens. Awful. <laughs> that's that's what this. Dark I don't. Um, no. Roke has done no. better. Wow. He was better on Dark. No. So no, I this was the art bad. Was phoned in. So so this was bad. Like Salvador Larocca is known for uh, photo referencing and tracing, like yeah. all of his like comics, like faces, especially in Star Wars. This was just noticeably bad. It was like yeah, the was worst art for a Star Wars book I've seen. It's it's just bad. Like you can tell, it's all traced from uh, images. They look waxy in a way, and also uh, sometimes their faces, since they look waxy, they kind of look like they're melting. Yeah, you like know, Lucas especially, he looked like he was. It, it was. He just, looked like a pug dog. Like, Sal- like Salvador. Like uh, you know, say what you want about the dude. Like uh, the dude can sometimes draw, but when he doesn't want to, when he wants to just trace over, because. He's notorious for that thing. He he just traces over like uh, images from movies and stuff like that. It, it it just looks bad. So this is like one of the first Star Wars books that doesn't quite hit the quality meter. Like it, I haven't read any other the, Star Wars books, but normally they're it good. no meter right now. No, no. Look, I I I thought this was a safe bet. Yeah. This week I was looking forward to a great Marvel read. Look, really looking forward to Karen Gillan's run on Star Wars. And, you know, Jason Aaron proved himself to be a real fan of the uh, of the series and the universe and, and did some great storytelling, introducing some new characters and, and really yeah. killing it. Again, Kieran Gillen has done a good job before. I don't know. I don't I don't know where he is coming from with this issue. It makes absolutely no sense. Yeah, because the first issue of Darth Vader that he did was like that was amazing. I got to stay on this book. That was amazing. Is that the one where he's looking for his crystal? No, that's the Charles Soul. Yeah, Yeah. I heard that one was dope. Yeah. Anyways, um, God, the art's so bad. I, yeah, and the cover's a little misleading. Wait, I need to ask, how's the lettering? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't notice it. So good. There you go. That's good though. Um, I, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this book. I really don't want, you know, I mean, because it, it's really just going to be. It, it's more disappointing than anything, yeah. than anything else. And, yeah. like, I'm not a because Star Wars Star, Because Star Wars has been so good, and yeah. they've done That's everything the right so well with Star done, yeah. Wars. It's like, for me, I feel like, oh, God, now you're messing up Star Wars too. <laughs> you know? What do you yeah. mean? Because the consistency has, been, consistency has been there for the past three years. Yeah. Can can we can we talk? Did you finish Ben Riley? Yeah. 
Did you like it? Yeah, I loved it. Okay. Can we talk about that instead? Sure. <laughs> Cody Wilson. Wait, wait, wait. Real quick. Real okay. quick. What's your rating? Uh, two. One. Point two five. Wow. Okay. It was so one point five. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It, was it was not. It was not. It was the worst Star Wars book I've read in a long time, which is really weird. I was shocked. You that know what? It probably deserves lower than so. a two. No, it was horrible. Just because. Okay, these people. Gillen and all these people, they know how to make a comic book, right? They know how to make a good comic book in general. Just a comic book, period. But even the 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 frames were off from the lettering or off from the from the dialogue. It just fell off. It just wasn't a good comic book in general. Yeah, they better have had like the flu while they were working on this or something like the thing is, like, I'm not I do not like Star Wars. Um but the books have been jeez, that's vulgar. (laughs) Jonathan? I'm a trekker. I'm a trekker. I'm, I don't like tr- first and foremost. I'm a I'm a Trekkie. I, I don't think I like nice. sci-fi. Anyway, good, the thing man. is, you don't I've like noticed, sci-fi. No. You read comic books. Well, I like them both too. <laughs> Sorry. Look, I mean, I, I watched I watched the uh, the original series of Star Trek when I was yeah. when I was a kid on reruns all the time. That's what I grew up um, and I saw the Star Wars movies in the theaters for the first time. I love them both, but I'm a, I'm I'm a Trekkie first. Yeah. Anyway, um, so like, but I know that the Star Wars books have been good, especially that Darth Vader run by the same team. Yeah. This is just disappointing in every if you way. Didn't know it was them. Yeah. You wouldn't. You would think. You would think Cullen Bun and yeah, yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. The dialogue was even horrible. Like it was so bad. Like anyway, Leia and this and that. Ben Riley, so, let's yeah. talk about this. We, we already rated it. You so like, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, no, because I'm I'm I really uh, I don't want it to sound just like lip service, but I'm I'm I'm, I'm first and foremost always will be a Marvel kid. I, I love Marvel. I love Marvel Universe. I love the Marvel characters. I'm just searching for which is why you're you know so some right great now. yeah because I hate what the company is doing to the universe of characters that I love. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm always I'm always hopeful that we're going to get a great Marvel book to read. And Cody Wilson, um, you know, uh, probably a month ago or more. I'm really sorry, Cody, if it's been like two months, but he said, "Yeah, you should check out Ben Riley's Scarlet Spider number seven. seven. Okay, and I was like, "Okay, yeah, I'll, you know, sure." I, I we we read and reviewed the first issue, right, of that, and I was like, eh, yeah. "No, you know, not 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 a great book." Um, and he, you know, Cody would came, you know, he would come back into the shop on Wednesday. And he'd be like, have you read that book yet? And I'm like, no, no. Last week I was like, I was like, Cody, I promise you, I will, I will read that book. And this morning I was like, I saw it sitting there. I was like, oh, shoot, <laughs> Cody's going to be in soon. I better, you know, I, I promised him I would read it. And so I read it and I was like, holy cow, this was actually a really, really good read. Yeah. Um, I absolutely loved it. It's, it's written by Peter David. Uh, Peter David. Um, again, did not did Slinny. not start off Slinny. good, Slinny. but the whole thing with with him uh, and death because he apparently in the issue before this he was having to throw down with Kane, mm-hmm. um, who's bad now. Who and what what spider version was he? He was a Scarlet Spider. He was a Scarlet Spider too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway. Post Spider Island, I think. Post Spider Island. Right, because that's when he got. I actually cured. liked. I actually liked Kane. Yeah. Yeah. That that um. Uh, Scarlet Spider run with him and that was actually really good. Christos Gage on that. I think so. Remember when Kane killed Wolverine? Did he? Did he? Yeah, he uh, got him. You know how Kane has those spikes through his. 
He got him through a rib cage, severed his heart, and kept it there. And Wolverine died. And then shrink. And he actually didn't come back to life until they had to like revitalize him. So Kane wow. full on like killed Wolverine. Wow. Cool. Um, but this one, you know, in this one, uh, death comes into the picture, and mm-hmm. and she, um, she basically wants Ben Riley to know that his soul is so, you know, that she's, she, you know, this is her thing. She, she sees souls come, you know, back and leave, and especially with superheroes, she's like, you know, she kind of makes a joke about it. You guys have a funny way of coming back, mm-hmm. and but she said, but nobody's ever come back as many times as you. And your soul is so fractured now, it's it you know it, it's been so damaged that one more time, one more death, and that's it for you. Um, and at the end, you know, by the end of the book, you know, so you've got this you've got this great interplay between death and and Ben Riley. Mm-hmm. At the end of the book, she gives him a choice between saving this little girl. Or, I think her name was Abigail. Yeah, or Kane. Mm-hmm. Kane. mm-hmm. Uh, but only because one. they're they're both dead, and she's like, you can only have one, and he's like, take me. Right. And she's like, what? No. That's not how that works. That's not no. Yeah. I'm no. You don't get to dictate the terms. I do. And he's like, no, take me. And then he ends up throwing down with death, and she ends up going, you know, getting this new respect for Ben Riley, and going, you know what? I'm going to give you a present, mm-hmm. and I'll I'll let you guys go back and read it if you want to. But I was like, you know, this is solid writing. I yeah. mean, this is this is it's the same team as 2099. That was a, oh, is it? Yeah, no. same team. Yeah, Peter David's been great. He did um, what was that X book? Um, great X Factor. Right, X Factor. That was oh, some great man. stuff, dude. Yeah, I his, thank you, man. Yeah. His run on that series with Madrix, yeah, and the missing dupes and everything. One of one of my all time favorite Marvel oh, reads. Yeah, I know yeah, I've never yeah, mentioned yeah, yeah. it on this show. Peter David's an amazing writer, and that's he, why holy cow, yeah. yeah. Well, he well, that's he wrote, why when uh, Young Justice too, did he? Yeah, the animated show. You know? Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, well. yeah. Um, because like that's when I. When I read Scarlet Spider number one, I was like, this is Peter David. I expected way more from him. Yeah. Um, I did too. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, by the time this issue came out, he's definitely found his stride. Yeah. I don't know that I care about going back and reading what led up to this, but everything that follows, right. I do want to go back and I want to read Ben Riley 8 and beyond. Because yeah. I'm, I'm su- you know, super fascinated by what he's doing with, with this show. Yeah. This looks and like seriously. What are, uh, issue are they on? Uh, just like nine, I think. Okay, yeah. so it's not too far back. Yeah, right. No. So like, this is probably the end of an arc, issue seven. Um, yeah. So you know, uh, probably the beginning of the next arc. Right. Like I would just pick up this one. You don't even have to really know. Like you just have to know that Kane's bad and he threw down with Ben Riley. Yeah. Like it's up there in the little summary yeah. in the beginning. Well, like, no, you know. and that's and and this is perfect because you know even though we read issue one and we and then we came into issue seven, there's obviously a lot of stuff that went down between that. Mm-hmm. But I did not feel mm-hmm. like I was not lost in the story. I'm like, okay, well, obviously he had a throwdown with Kane, right? And we're picking up here, and it did a sufficient job of explaining the story thus far, and then allowing you to be able to move on and not really feel like you don't have proper footing. So, I, I loved it. Is it the same uh, team from issue one to issue seven? Yeah. Yeah. No, the like, artist. The artist Will probably changed. Came on later. Was but it Bagley at first? It was, was Bagley, and that's why I didn't really like yeah. it. And then they moved Bagley to Venom, and right. But yo, he, man, like. <laughs> Peter David also did create Miguel, Miguel O'Hara. So 
Like he, he he's deeply rooted in the Spider. Really, universe. like in back in '99. Yeah. Jeez. He created that character. But anyway, yeah, I know we were supposed to re- review hey, Star you Wars. Hey, you get a bonus book. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. I I would give Ooh. Scarlet that issue of Scarlet Spider uh, a solid four and a half. The artist, he's great. Everything he's ever touched, Will Sylney. I whatever, I loved it. He's great. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I would give it that too because he made death kind of like really cool and just menacing without not doing anything yeah, just I talking love freaking canes and scarlet spider suit though yeah it's pretty good that well and correct. he yeah. at That's the end but i also love ben riley's like classic anyway at even the with the hoodie yeah, yeah. At at the end yeah That's how i the mean it's supposed to be though yeah i'll, I'll yeah i'll <laughs> let I'll, I'll let you find out but um no this is a solid book oh, and this and so okay. let you know i'm gonna throw this out to you guys too because basically week to week you know we're throwing darts at a dartboard uh with marvel and you know i'm I'm basically searching for a really good book if you guys if you guys uh my marvel readers out there um if if you have a solid book that you want me to check out uh let us know know. not that not that i'll love it or i'll agree with it i might you know but uh, I want I want really good Marvel reads, and so if there are books that you're following that 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 you know you think are really good, let me know. Well, like I was saying the other day, we should have read X Men Blue instead of X Men Gold because Blue has been starting off because I'm a few months behind, but the first few issues of Blue were way better than Gold. Cool. Check out I mean, um, I didn't read that, but I read the first three pages just right now. Um, and there's already more dialogue in the first page and a half than there was in the entire Star Wars thing. But, um, I mean, it looked pretty dope. Art was good. I liked whatever really I just good. saw. Whatever I just saw, it looked, <laughs> it looked good. It's really good. So, I, you know, Cody, uh, I can't thank you enough because they so have a little bit of hope. You know, that's going to go be ahead. your what would you rather have reviewed yeah. pretty much would you rather? yeah i know well now i mean because i did this last week too it was like detective yeah. comics from last we, week and now it's going to be like ben riley from six weeks ago yeah okay can so, we skip that second? trivia <laughs> i i'm happy with pretty much what we reviewed yeah, we're okay. Oof, i'm not too. but anyway go ahead johnny runaways and spongebob okay nice. uh i know you all but you were that close to spongebob damn it you were that close <laughs> that close next time uh, okay, so trivia. All right, um, I'm gonna do some Gotham City trivia, and I oh shoot, I've got to uh, I gotta also find out who won from last week. Right now, um, I'll do Gotham City uh, trivia. Johnny, find out how many. Make a list of who uh, who was right. The winners, and then we'll and then we'll pick. Um, so for you guys, oh, get a new sheet. That's got <laughs> trivia on it. Down here, right here. Yeah, anyone. Um, okay, so uh, Bill Finger obviously Goldfinger. created Gotham City. Okay, originally uh, in in writing Batman, he was trying to come up with a name for this city that Batman lived in. What are some of the other names that he thought of before yeah. settling on Gotham? I remember this trivia question from something, and I can't remember the other. The Dark City. East L.A. No. <laughs> <laughs> New Jersey. Baltimore. Queens. I, I, I'm going to give you uh, um, at least one city is i can't even read my own writing at least one city is another city in 
in the DC universe. National City. Star City? Mm-mm. No. Central. Coast. Keystone. <laughs> no. I'd go with Central, but just because... Coast City. Coast City? Wow. Yeah. Coast City, isn't that Arrow? Um, that's no, that's... Hal Jordan. Hal Jordan. Hal Jordan. Dear goodness. Star. Arrow. Star is there. A lot of vodka. <laughs> <laughs> that's vodka talking. I'll get it. Um, <laughs> other one I wrote down looks like Couple City. I don't know what that is supposed to be. <laughs> wow. I think it was supposed to be Capital City. <laughs> Probably Capital City. I don't know. City. I want to skip that one. There was another one that he, that he said. <laughs> but we but know also, the answer, though. The, the, most, uh, the most ridiculous one was um, that I thought, hey, this is kind of, can you imagine, right? The first one that he thought of was Civic City. Like a Honda? Can you, yeah. yeah. Can you imagine if, you like know, Civic Batman was... I look over Civic right. City. <laughs> I, I'm the guardian of Batman Civic City. Civic City needs City. me. <laughs> Civic so, needs me. Oh, yeah, uh, that would be horrible. I, I was like, that that's horrible. Yeah. yeah. I mean, awful. how, you know... That, Gotham that would so be dark. Yeah. Civic oh, is... The root is gothic. Um, so do you know do you know how he settled on Gotham City? No, I thought this was this is pretty I, awesome. I remember. You know what? I think this was all in that gigantic seventy five year DC oh. history book that you gave me a Probably. long time ago. That's, That's a big I, book, dude. Yeah, I've read a lot of it. You should you should put that <laughs> on Instagram remember. so people can see okay. this book. This book is a tome. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's quite It's got to be like like a foot and a half wide by. By two feet tall by and probably <laughs> what seven eight inches something like thick. that. That's just yeah. and it's just history of DC. It came in its own cardboard briefcase. Yeah, you get it back from Blaine. Like anyway, those, uh, well, you know that that New York City's nickname is Gotham City, and right. that comes yeah. from way back. I knew that. Yeah. So, but they wanted they didn't want to call it New York City, so he was trying to come up with an alternate name. He was actually flipping through the New York Yellow Pages. When he found an ad for Gotham Jewelers, mm. and was like Gotham City, and that's what made that connection. And for that's him. how we have a treasure. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Yellow Pages, uh, because you <laughs> don't exist anymore. Do <laughs> exactly. Um, there are search engines. Are they searching it now? I think that's the same two winners from last week. Oh, jeez. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. No, no, no. Um, the, this one didn't win last week. Oh, okay. All right. Um. Yeah, all, they're they're almost the usual suspects, right? Yeah. Uh, okay, so this question has been asked on the podcast before, so I'm just really testing your recollection. Mm. Um, what state is is Gotham City supposedly located? New Jersey, lo- New Jersey. Maryland. All right, <laughs> Connecticut. Right. I got this. <laughs> I asked okay. that trivia question last time. That's why. <laughs> Okay, according to Gates of Gotham, Ooh. 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 Oh, who are the founding fathers of Gotham City? Cobblepot, Elliot, Wayne. First names? The Owl. Oh, Alan Wayne. Yep. Elliot, Elliot. <laughs> Edward. Edward. I knew it started with an E. Well, and then something Cobblepot. <laughs> I know it was those three families, though. Yeah, and Theodore Cobblepot. Theodore Cobblepot, that's what it And was. then uh, Kane, to a lesser extent. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not Cassandra Kane. Yeah. It's um, Batwoman. 
It's yeah. um yeah, Kate Kane. But they had yeah, but his his land was, was on the outskirts. The outs, yeah, yeah. Uh, in the the county across the bay from yeah. Gotham. Which like I like and other than I know we're not going to review this book, but real quick, like other than this book, I haven't heard like great history on Gotham in the mythos of it. This well, is probably one of the best. The Western so. book they did for a while, a little bit too. This one is just... Well, here's... I've got, for my listener question, I have something for you to check out. For me? Yeah. Yeah, Don't answer. For Gotham. uh, Yeah. Yeah. This is for the listeners. Um, If you want to win um, a varied slate of comic books from this week or uh, a truly, truly great Batman story um, in Gates of Gotham, uh, send in your answer to the following question to all... Contact at allstarcomicspodcast.com. Okay. For the listener question, according to Alan Moore's Swamp Thing, Ooh. I think it's issue like 58 or something like that. You literally give me the But um, in Alan Moore's Swamp Thing, he did a history of Gotham City oh. in in this one issue, okay? Um, who founded Gotham City, according to uh, Alan Moore? Cool. And give me give me the person and the year in which Gotham City was founded. And that'll be our listener question. Mm. If you can if you can Google the answer to that. According to Alan Moore. Um yeah, and I think that I think that most writers mm-hmm. uh since hand. Alan Moore have have Is stuck to Alan Moore's history of Gotham. Cool. I want to say because this was, I mean, this, you know, this question is just just refers to who founded it, but he did in this, this Swamp Thing issue, he did like a history of Gotham that most uh, most writers, I think all writers, uh, have pretty much stuck to his interpretation of the history of Gotham as as gospel. God, is that, is that like when I is this. I feel like it's just buzzing yeah. around in the is, back so, of my head. is that the issue when Swamp Thing went to Gotham f- uh, looking for his for his uh, you know woman and like covered Gotham in that's one of the greatest stuff? issues. Don't know. Maybe. That's one of the greatest Maybe. issues that uh, from Alan Moore Swamp yeah. Thing. So, yeah, if if you know who, uh, who founded Gotham City and what year, send that response to contact at allstarcomicspodcast.com, and you could win some great books. They're, they're trying to de- decrypt your handwriting. Yeah, good good luck with that. I got it. Mine is worse than this. Winners. I okay. love Gates of Gotham. So, uh, the winners from... Last week, um, I had the book somewhere. Nathan, Wynn, Heather. Oh no, no, this is that's from two weeks ago. Nathan right. and Heather, you still need to pick up your winnings from last week. And okay, for this week, uh, the graphic novel, uh, Superman: Secret Identity. It's actually the nice hardcover edition. Goes to Nathan Armentrout. Nice. The uh, second place uh, comics, and including the the nice first print shiny UV coated Batman Devastator number and one, Captain goes America. to Bryce Smith. Nice Bryce, that rhymed. It did. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even nice. intend nice. that. Congratulations to our winners from uh, from uh, last week. And again, if you know the question for this week, send it in, and you could win this week's books. Right. And uh, all right. So. Uh, Danny, what graphic novel are we reviewing? Why'd you pick it? And why did you pick it? Okay, so um so we are reviewing Batman Gates of Gotham. And it is the story was uh, created by Scott Snyder and Kyle Higgins, but the dialogue was actually just Kyle Higgins. Uh, art by Trevor McCarthy and um, I think colors by Ryan Dor Oh Parrot. 
also like Derek. <laughs> Ryan Parrott. Um, why did I pick it? Okay, so a long time ago, I was into comics, like hardcore, and then I stopped, and I just didn't reconnect for years. And um, one of the hosts of Opinioneering that I have with me is Jason Bruman, and um, he has always been into comics. He's been in comics since the 80s. He's like five or six years older than me. Uh, we're still really good friends, but he said, hey, dude, if you're going to get back into comics, check out Court of Owls. I read Court of Owls. Good choice. Yeah. He's like, read this story. It's amazing. Check it out. I read it, and I was like, dude, this is really good. Where I go from here? And he said, okay, well, hold on. I'm not going to make you go any further into the New 52 right now. Go read Gates of Gotham. And this is when Dick was Batman. Mm -hmm. So I read it, and I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so much neat. And this is how he pitched Gates of Gotham to me. He was like, hey, listen, Court of Owls is huge in the um, mythology of Batman. Gates of Gotham was Scott Snyder, because this was written before Court of Owls. Gates of Gotham was the like groundwork foundation. He was kind of testing the waters of what does it look like to create a story of the foundation of Gotham's makers? And do people want to read this? Does he, is, is this what people want to see kind of a thing? And so it kind of was laying this groundwork. He was kind of like dipping his toe in the pool kind of thing in this one. Because this is not tied into a Batman storyline. It's not tied into... Well, it is a Batman storyline, but it's not Batman-like... It's not current continuity. It's not current continuity, exactly. Or it wasn't in the Detective Comics continuity. Yeah. It was just the side story. It was a series. Exactly. But it was amazing, and people loved it. Much like what Higgins and Trevor McCarthy are doing right now with Nightwing the New Order. They oh, of, right. Yeah, they that re, is them. They re... Is like, it really McCarthy on the New Order? I'm right? pretty yeah. sure it's McCarthy. Oh. So it was a I know for sure it's Higgins. I don't know if it's McCarthy, though. I'm pretty sure it's McCarthy. I want to I want to double check that, but so this story is about um, so if you guys don't know years ago before um, the new 52 took place, Batman was MIA in Infinite Crisis was it? Yeah, it was Infinite Crisis. He got hit by or was uh, a final final crisis. crisis final crisis too many crises going on in the DC crises crises. Um, he got hit with a beam by uh, Dark Side and was sent back to the beginning of time. So Bruce was. MIA, but he was kind of quantum leaping through worlds and creating what you have in metal today. But when Bruce came back, he wanted to start in what a storyline of Batman Incorporated is. But when Batman left, Batman, i.e. Bruce Wayne, he left to create different Batmans around the world in Paris, in France, in London, all over the world. But he left Dick Grayson as the Batman of Gotham City. Now, when Batman was away, Dick Grayson earned the right of the cow in Battle for the Cow by Tony S. Daniels. That was a pretty good storyline. If you guys want to read that, go ahead. But in this story, Bruce is back already, and he's starting these little um, syndicates kind of a thing around the world. And three bridges in Gotham explode, right? So these... It is Trevor McCarthy. Oh, is it? Yep. Dope. Um, So these explosions happen and take out bridges around Gotham. And Dick is trying to figure out this reason. Why are these bombs going off? What is happening? What happened here? Why did this happen? And then this old, this is this old wives' tale. It's not wives' tale. Kind of like a child's thing. Is the the families will fall by the gates of Gotham? Well, no, that was what um, somebody sent that, that message yeah, to right. the paper. Exactly. For, sorry, forgot about that. Yeah. Um, they sent the message to the paper, and so the, the 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 families will fall by the gates of Gotham, and so the gates of Gotham are the bridges that lead into Gotham City. So. By this entire time, uh, Dick is trying to figure out this mystery. And it really is a mystery. And that's one reason why I really like this, is it really was a ode back to early Snyder days with Black Mirror, with Court of Owls, 
Scott Snyder. I keep saying <clears throat> Zach Snyder. But Scott Snyder. Um, it really was detective oriented, and I I truly love this book. I really do. I love the um, ideas behind it. Scott Snyder. I, I really do enjoy him. He has his issues, but in the early days, like I know that a lot of people say, like he makes these stories so huge, and he has to end them within like one or two issues, and you just feel you just feel like something lacking in it. But at issue three, I thought I felt it plateau, and then it came down for the climactic yeah. end kind of thing. I'm I'm definitely uh, one to criticize Snyder. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's not my favorite writer. Um, I've I've often said. Uh, here in the shop and on the podcast probably that I don't think he knows how to end a story Um, this is probably my favorite Scott Snyder story thus far and I I like Court of Owls I um, I like Black Mirror Black Mirror is amazing yeah no this is up there with Black Mirror but the, the problem is look I'm not I'm not as much of a horror guy and he is more of a horror writer yeah and I this this story was was a tone and a setting, uh, plotting, pacing, everything that spoke to me. Mm. You know, I thought the way that he went back in time to the founding of Gotham and wrote those characters, just the the, the way he plotted that book out, and then he would come he would come back into the future and and everything, you know, kind of played off the past and the present, and you're and you're not really sure. You you have an idea and you're yep. pretty darn close. It's not, um, it, it's a relatively predictable ending, mm-hmm. but the way it's paced, you're not really given the clues until close to the end as to who is going to be responsible. Right. The architect is. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I I I love this book. I you know I I'm kind of a steampunk fan anyway. Mm-hmm. I love and the so art for having style, yeah. you know having that that Victorian almost Victorian esque. feel, you know, and, and old Gotham and getting a little bit of history in there and, um, you know the he he does a a masterful job at creating these compelling characters. Yeah, you know, and bringing um, the family with, in with the Gates yeah. brothers. Oh, and that too, yeah. Um, and the different right the ancestors to to Cobblepot and and Wayne and Elliot Thomas, and all yeah. this, um, I I I enjoyed it. It wasn't uh, it wasn't too long of a read. Uh, I, I I liked it a lot. This was one of those books that I got to the end of. I was like, why hasn't anybody done this with like Metropolis and like the Superman? Family yeah. Also, like I'd like to see stuff like that. Like do other things in this vein where you get history but you get a good story along with it so it's right. not just boring like this is what happened yeah yeah because metropolis is mentioned in this book a few times yeah. and yeah. it's like you know because they want to rival uh, metropolis. and i would i, I agree with you 100 percent, jonathan i you know i'm like because i you know in reading this book i'm like this is really cool and and he continued snyder did um continued that in the court of owls and mm-hmm. having this organization i think that that you almost get hints of it in here you do you know, really that, cool. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'm not. I got a real cool story. No, it's okay. I mean, I, that was that was pretty much it. I'm sorry. I mean, this is really cool. I went to Comic Con three years ago, right? And Jason, one of the hosts of Opinioneering, he was like, "Hey, ask Scott Snyder a question for me. Just walk up." Because I mean, Comic Con, you've been there. Like yeah. sometimes the writers will come down, they'll sign things for you, they'll talk to you. So I walked up to him and I said, "Hey, listen, my buddy wants me wants to ask you a question." Um, he noticed that in Black Mirror in Gates of Gotham, you put hints and you put owls strategically or shapes of owls in the art. 
and in the writing you put them purposefully did you like oh wait they were there did you do that purposefully and he said tell your buddy nice catch yes all the way back to black mirror i started putting owls when dick was diving down there's an owl perched in different places of people watching that's pretty cool the court of owls always watching so in this book he said yes like yes the court of owls was there when the gates were forming when the Cobblepot, Elliot, and Wayne were creating those things. They were all there watching, and they were orchestrating it the entire yeah, time. Yeah, mad props for that. That's just amazing. Yeah, uh, that, that, that's that's kind of patience. Can plot I don't plan. think. Yeah, no, oh, I, yeah. I definitely agree. Yeah. So, and it, it just was one of those things because the DC universe is so vast. Gotham City is almost a character unto itself. Yeah. In this. Yeah. I want more of of foundational kind of stuff like that without within the rest of the DCU. Like it doesn't have to be like everything. You don't have to do it like all the time or whatever, but man, a, another city that deserves it is Metropolis. Mm-hmm. And you know, I yes, I'm a Superman fan and I want that, but sure. I think there's a story there being the fact that there was such a good story here with this. Yeah. I, so. Yeah, I agree. I and and I'm it makes me wonder cuz I I was surprised and and you know pulling the trivia together that Alan Moore had done a history of Gotham, uh, you know it was like Swamp Thing number fifty eight or something like that, and this is decades ago. Um, I, I'd be curious to see if anybody has done a history of Metropolis, and if they haven't, Bendis. <laughs> sorry i know sorry i i just i just jumped the news segment but uh, you know that that would that would be some worthwhile storytelling too i absolutely agree so johnny um, yeah i didn't love come, it come at us bro I, think, I know i could see the way you were sitting over there i didn't it. love it Go it ahead. felt predictable it felt like it was it feels like Scott Snyder can only do one thing and write about like the past. He's fixated on the past in like almost all of his books, uh, whether it be uh, like the Batman Court of Owls, uh, this or like Metal. He just wants to focus on like these foundations, and that's cool and all. But I feel like that's all that he can write. This felt exactly like kind of uh, well, kind of like. Um, the Court of Owls where you have this old threat coming back and even the journal it feels like um, Alfred's grandfather's journal in the backup issues of Court of Owls it it just it it felt too similar and not that great of a story compared to the Court of Owls I like (laughs) Court of Owls much more than this that's why since it felt so similar I couldn't help but compare the, the two okay so when you look at movies right you look at like okay I watched the Terminator but the special effects weren't good I've seen better but you have to think that this was pre Court of Owls, mm-hmm. right? You have to think of the time frame that this came out in. Right. And have you ever seen any story previous this one, and besides obviously Alan Moore's run on Swamp Thing, that has a history of Gotham, period? Right. So Scott Snyder, yeah, he's a. I, I get what you're saying, and I agree with you in that he's a one trick pony in some senses because like, he doesn't do that in Witches. He doesn't go back to the past on that when we're getting with people's stories. He hasn't done that in After Death. He didn't do that in in, in The Wake. He d- hasn't done that in. You know, he doesn't do a lot of things, but with some things, he he does do it in. And in those arcs that you mentioned, but how much he does do it in there. How much is that him just being a nerd also and being like, right, being but well, and what, has, what is he doing has, right now in Metal? Yeah. Because he's like, well, he's referring back to the past. Well, because he was creating the past because the past wasn't even written right. for metal. Or or expanding on the past. Because exactly. When you, when you, I think when you're a writer coming into franchises as established as Batman or Superman or Wonder Woman or, you know, 
that you have to go. You've got 75, 80 years of storytelling. So much has been done. What hasn't been done? Right. Where can where can I make my mark? And that's like with creating the Court of Owls. He did something that transformed the Batman universe. Right. Like, you know, Jeff Johns with the Green Lanterns. He he made it deeper and richer by right. doing that, by by going into the past and sowing these seeds um, of, of the Court of Owls. Right. And, and I think with this one, I mean, I, I look, I am. I'm only really going to argue with it to a certain point because yeah. I'm not a Snyder fanboy, mm-hmm. and there are things you know. I, I think he, he you know he has this horror flair that comes out in all of his books, and and I don't you know it doesn't always speak to me. I love Court of Owls. I, I didn't I, I wasn't the biggest fan of how it ended, mm-hmm. um, but with this book, this book did not feel like a Snyder book to me because it was okay. I thought it was so tight. So well constructed, so well plotted, right? Because Snyder came with a story. Higgins did dialogue. Well, yeah, and and that was that was interesting too. That it was like Scott Snyder obviously did the plotting, and I assume the captioning. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not really sure. I mean, the book credits Kyle Higgins with dialogue, and so I think that Snyder provided the framework for the story, the paneling, the pacing, the plotting, all of this, and that Kyle Higgins came in and did. The the yeah the scripting the yeah. the the dialogue the thing is like if the villain of this book it just made me feel like not that much of a threat whereas yeah. in, and and like mm-hmm. like I said before I can't help but compare the two because um, he created something that's much larger and and much uh, in my opinion better because it, it kind of um, because like like you said um, he was building up to the court of vows because right. that that is his like. Uh, great work you know mm-hmm. this is just kind of like the beginning of it and I feel like it isn't great because the villain is, isn't is really that memorable you you won't you probably will never see him again right. and yeah. and you know he was kind of taken <laughs> down and he wasn't that much of a threat whereas when they introduced the Court of Vows like that thing's always existing it's always sure. going to exist and it's always going to have repercussions uh, to Batman I don't think the architect is the villain here I think not knowing the information is the villain here because if, if Bruce was, Bruce if Bruce was Batman here it was a one issue thing yeah he would have known the story he would have known the gates he would have known all these things because he is a Wayne mm-hmm. so the architect isn't essentially the villain here it's understanding why the architect is doing this mm-hmm. you know like Damien and Drake put up a good fight but you know they got beat kind of a thing it wasn't horrible but if you really think like I, I agree with you 100% that like no like the architect the, no, is hardly enough of a villain. He's for not a villain, Damien. No, let, let, let alone Drake. Know, so right? I so I don't. I, I get yeah. you on that, and I agree with you one hundred percent, Johnny. Essentially, he's just a guy. Yeah. that found mm-hmm. the suit. Exactly. That was pissed about what. Well, happened he had to the family. suit. It just right. went missing. Yeah. he had the suit. He knew. He knew the history, and then he, um, he modified the suit some. I mean, they did say that, but um, not much. And I, I agree yeah. with you, Johnny. He's not a villain for. Bruce, Dick, Damien, he's not one of those. I think it's the story and the foundation mm-hmm. that he was laying. But this book in and of itself, pre-Court of Owls, 
imagine not knowing what quarter vowels was. I, I can I can see you can see that, but now I'd be good. like, okay, like yeah. you're, you're 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 becoming redundant, right? And I agree with that one hundred percent. But right now, if I read this book right now, I'd be like, it was a very well formed book, mm-hmm. but quarter vowels was better. Right. I would agree with you one hundred percent. But I read this before I read. Oh no, I read right after quarter vowels, and I was like, this is great foundation, kind of a thing. Yeah. I just like I just like deep mythology yeah mm-hmm. I, I love that there were some other like little nitpicks that i had like bringing hush back like no that's a big no for me like you do really spend a lot of time right and and that's exactly why it's like worse because you you make sure that it is known that he is you know who's behind the mask whereas in hush it was kind of like always left a little bit of a mystery you bring him back you don't do anything with him it's just pointless uh, and it's not uh, pointless because it's certain, like no, dude, because, his family, because he's a founding family. He, his right. family's important. But like he could have gotten that from like a freaking book. Why did they have to bring this amazing villain that like it's like bringing the Dark Knights in for something else uh, in like one panel of an issue? That's not going to be a good thing. Well, no, uh, even also, in Batman Hush with Jim Lee and Jeff Loeb, mm-hmm. the Elliots were a founding family right. of Gotham. That's canon, right? It it is, but like I felt like he wasn't used properly. I feel like Hush needs to be used properly. Um, also, like Damien's really annoying, condescending, and really That's Damien. Though. Yeah. I know. I thought it was a perfect Damien. Yeah, yeah I really I, did. I did like the uh, quip. Basically, back. you're like Dan Didio. You just hate Damien. I, I do hate Damien. No, Nightwing. Nope. I love Nightwing. I love you, Johnny. My favorite is Tim Drake, though. <laughs> And and when he got uh, back at Damien for saying like, oh, you're just mad because uh, yeah. Bruce didn't pick you. Like, yeah. yes. Um, anyway, yeah. uh, I, I, I love that. It, it's, you know, I love all that stuff. It, it just, there was a lot of little problems that uh, ended up kind of uh, snowballing into something that I didn't fully enjoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm pretty sure I would have if, um, you know, I didn't read Court of Vows, if I didn't have a big problem with Damien, if I didn't have a big problem with uh, Hush being in there. Wait, you, you don't, don't like Damien in general? I do not like Damien in general. I was going to name he's an, son He's an Damien. annoying piece of... <laughs> I named my son Jack Ryan, but he was going to be Jack Damien Murray. Like. <laughs> he, he's an annoying piece of garbage. I get that. Um, but yeah, like t- Tim Drake. Uh, also, another one, No, nobody in the right mind would say, hey, hey, RR, come over here. Check this out. Uh, yeah, RR, that that That's rubs me wrong. Dumb. In Batman that, Beyond, that. they call him GL. In Green Lantern, they call him GL. Right. That, but like RR, that seemed, that seemed out of place. To yeah. Me too. Red yeah. Robin. <laughs> also that. <laughs> that should be his like call. Yeah. Oh it, my exactly. god! Why did I never so connect I that? Red yeah. Robin. You seriously? Yum. Wow. That's okay. awesome. Anyway, no. I want to say, are we? Uh, we're not at news yet. No, no, no we're we're gonna, gonna, we're, we need to. Yeah, yeah. we need to move on. Anyway, like, yeah. that. It, it bothers down. me more that Tim Drake's relegated to like this red Robin role and that he was never a Robin, and it, because Tim Drake deserves more than that. He's well, it's really great in Detective Comics. Yeah, what Tim Drake's he saying, he sh- he's like the best candidate for Robin and Batman. He's as the a best detective, not a fighter. Right. He's he's just the best out of all of them. No. Yeah. As a detective, mm. all the boys are mm. different attributes of Bruce in and of itself. That's what makes Bruce yeah, the best. Damien should yeah. die. Anyway, wow. he did. He did. And you know back. what? The Why? fans said you're wrong, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was so I happy that, for that like that. year. I was like, oh my god, there's no annoying Damien. <laughs> all right, let's rate it. Uh, four point two five. God, 
I really do. I really did enjoy it. I love the. Okay, so you start off with the story. I think it was a well-made story. I thought it was a good foundation and the time that was created. I think the pacing was correct. I think um, what's his name, Trevor McCarthy, did a great job in tying in the dialogue that um, Kyle Higgins did. But also the art in general, when it was the past, the uh, the steampunkiness, the steampunky of the Art Deco in the corners, yep. in the framing, and the bordering Felt Victorian, was very well. and even their faces. Like I liked. I don't like cart. I don't like. I, I don't like art that's kind of like the Star Wars where it's very um, real, like surrealism mm-hmm. in the face. I was very cartoonish, and I kind of like that just because I grew up in the Batman animated series. Yeah. But uh, art, story, dialogue, everything was just very well. Roger. Uh, four and a half for me. I love the art. I love the story. love the steampunk of it. Um, it, it, was, it was super solid, almost perfect. Johnny. Three and a half. I don't like steampunk. Dear God. Four and a half. 4.5. Almost perfect. So, all right, uh, I'm going to breeze through this previews list, and then we're going to talk about the big news of the week. All right, for Marvel Comics, we have Amazing Spider-Man 791. We have Ben Riley, Scarlet Spider, number 10. Champions, number 14. Deadpool versus Old Man Logan, number 2 of 5. Defenders, number 7. Doctor Strange, number 381 somehow. Uh, Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy, number 147. Incredible Hulk, 710. Mighty Thor, number 701. Not, not brand what? Not brand X. Not brand X number let it, yeah, 14. Let it go. Okay. It's a slapsticky, you know, humor series Marvel did back in the day. That God, nine. I may have made, what is it, 13? Because I, I think it went 12, 13 issues okay. back in so the day. Okay, three months. Uh, yeah. Peter Parker, Spectacular, That's Spider-Man pretty. number 297, Punisher number 218, Spider-Man number two, num- Spider-Man 2 number four of five. Star Wars Darth Vader, number 8. Star Wars Doctor Aphra, Aphra, number 14. Weapon X, number 11. X-Men Blue, number 15. And that's it from Marvel. What are we reviewing? We don't have it. I think... Spectacular? No, I think I want to... Unless... Hey, if you guys... Again, if you want to steer me in the way... Not that you'll know what books are going to be good next week. But if you want to steer me towards a really good book... And and Johnny, I'll listen to you too. Okay. But maybe, like you did on that SpongeBob. Maybe. I hey, I, I, yeah. wait. You wanted to review SpongeBob? Yeah, dude. He's been wanting to review SpongeBob. I like. I wanted to bring it around town. Someday <laughs> it'll be. Just bring it around town. Oh my god! So. I love SpongeBob. Did you know there's a dissertation from the University of Stanford saying that SpongeBob is making kids stupider? I believe it. Probably. Yeah. yeah. There you go. I think uh, Mighty Thor. I, I was not. Happy oh, okay. with uh, Thor seven hundred, and I want I want to. Aaron's been you so good on that run. I want to see what he's doing. Okay. All right, cool. With that, so so to be determined. Yeah, possibly that. Uh, DC Comics, Aquaman number thirty, Batman number thirty five, Batman Who Laughs number one, the <laughs> yeah. Metal Tie, and that's what we're reviewing. Uh, Batwoman number nine, Bombshells United number six, Green Lanterns number thirty-five, Justice League number thirty-three. That's the metal tie-in. Bats out of hell. Nightwing number thirty-three, Super Sons number ten, Superman number thirty-five, Trinity number fifteen, Wildstorm number nine, Wonder Woman, Conan number three of six. And from indie comics, we have Black Science number thirty-three, Descender number twenty-six, East of West number thirty-five, Evolution number one, Invincible number one forty-two. We have to review that. Well, yeah. Yeah. You marked off a different thing. What did I mark off? Princeless Raven Year 2. Oh, come on. Can we do both? Yeah, we'll do both. Yeah. Then you end up with a, I a wanted, I, episode like this one. Dude, it's I, Princeless. I really want to go back to a Jeremy Whitley book. Yes. So okay. We'll do both. All right. Uh, My Little Pony, Legends <laughs> yeah, of Magic, number eight. Neil Gaiman, yeah. American God Shadows, number nine. Princeless Raven Year, number two. 
or two number one Rasputin voice of dragon number one of five realm number three team and T ongoing number 76 Wiccan and divide number 33 that's it for the indie comics list for graphic novels we have Batwoman trade paperback volume one the many arms of death flash trade paperback volume four running scared girl power Amanda Connor gallery edition uh, hardcover Journey, Star Wars, Last Jedi, Captain Phasma, Trade Paperback, Star Wars, Pro Dameron, Trade Paperback, Volume 3, Legends Lost, Wonder Woman, Trade Paperback, Volume 4, God Watch. And that is it. As always, this is not the complete list. If you want that, go to horizoncomics.com. Click on the new releases tab. It's updated every Monday. Next week, we are reviewing The Nail, Justice League The Nail. Yes, with, with Shane, uh, Williams. Shane Williams. So, uh, yay. Dude, I don't. do you follow Bendis? Now I do. I do. Yeah, did I, you did you get that update? No. He's doing Superman and action. Shut up. <laughs> no, with action with a thousand one. No. And so they they gave him both books, dude. Stop what? it. Did you see that just now? Are you pulling my leg? You're no. joking me. Don't you follow him? I follow him. Yeah, dude, check it out. Yeah, check it out. Um, a pink kryptonite story. There's nothing about that on here. <laughs> God, you got him so scared. <laughs> the amount of panic you sent to my body just now, Roger. Was like, this was sorry, you? yeah, that was that I was totally trolling Jonathan. Dude, I, at the behest of but but I'm I'm so disappointed because Andre was like, I you know, Jonathan's gotta go nuclear. And I was like, I think I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> So obviously, you know, if we're if are we ready to go into news because yep. that's that all goes into the announcement this week that that uh, you know the stalwart Marvel writer Brian Michael Bendis, biggest writer at Marvel, has been signed to an exclusive contract with DC Comics, multi deal, multi year, multi layered deal. Yeah, multi-layered really worries me. Multi-layer essentially means that he's going to have a little bit of like a a, um, a uh, consult on the DC Extended Universe for the movies. Similar okay. to what he was originally supposed to do for Marvel movies before Kevin Feige threw his little fit and decided to report only to Disney. That, okay. Um, which kind of worked out for the, for the majority of the movies. But um, the other thing I think that means is possibly animation. He might have a hand mm. in producing... Maybe some of the animation things okay. are being a, cons- uh, hey, a consultant you know, on I'm that. Hey, you know, I'm down with that as so. long because I want initially I want his reach in the DC comic universe to be limited. Yeah, I don't want you know I, I've I've talked a lot today and and yesterday about this news and you know you guys know my you know I I think that that Bendis has a massive ego <laughs> that's been developed over at marvel and i don't i i think in the past five years i think it's probably unwarranted i I don't you know i don't i don't think he's only written uh, a handful of good things and you know from mid 2000s to uh late 2000s he was probably my my favorite writer yeah my favorite writer um alias uh uh, Siege, Ultimate House Spider-Man. of M. Mine was Ultimate yeah. Spider-Man. Early 2000s, you know, I loved. Ben, yeah, um, Ultimate Spider-Man. I never read it, but I, I've only heard amazing things about it. Mm-hmm. So good. Um, he's done so much good there. All the Miles but, books. 
Yeah. Um, in the past five years, I mean, you know, we joke about him on the show. And, uh, you know, he to me, he's kind of he, – he kind of is almost symbolic of – Marvel's downfall. You know, yeah. I see Brian Michael Bendis as a company man. Yeah. You know, he's been with Marvel for 17 years. I mean, and and the first 10 or 12 of which were amazing. I mean, he was instrumental in telling some of the best stories and laying some great foundation for for, you know, some awesome stories. He was an architect, right? Yeah. He he was an architect along with uh Jason Aaron and Yeah. God, I think Hickman. Hickman. Yeah. Lowe? And there was somebody else. Matt no, Lowe was a big. Fraction? Remender? Yeah, I'm trying Brubaker. to figure out. There was one Slot. of the guy, Dan Slot. Mm. Thank you. Um, but anyway. Uh, Mark Waves. I just don't, you know, I I haven't really been wowed by anything that Bendis has done lately. I've, I have been told by numerous people that his Jessica Jones now is extremely good. Defenders uh, is kind of good too. I, I've heard yeah. that too. You know, we well, reviewed an issue of that, Jones? and it was yeah. not. But so it no was issue one. Right. Jones now, <laughs> and, yeah. and, like, and like I said, the Miles book has been consistent the whole yeah. run. Yeah. So you know, we'll we'll see. Um, I just I, I want you know, in coming over to DC, I want him to check his ego at the door. Yeah. You know, um, I. I don't, I don't want him to be on any top flight book. I don't want him Shazam. on Justice League. I don't want him anywhere near <laughs> Superman. No, I know. I don't Zachary want him near Levy. Shazam. Why not? Bendis is best when he writes street level, gritty, you know. I feel like he could do it. Like, with Shazam? A lot, no, Shazam's a, lot of people, a kid. A lot of people actually have been like saying like, oh, because he tweeted something about like, it's surprising how many so, of you guys want me to do Shazam. So, look. If he's a got lot a story, of DC, a lot of DC fans uh, want Shazam, and yeah. that's one of the look. That's one of the things that DC has completely missed the ball on, because outside of Jeff Johns's little half issue backup stories in the back of Justice, that ended up League, being like a single graphic novel. Uh, yeah, I, you know, um, fans are jonesing for some Shazam, uh, Billy Batson storytelling, and DC has missed that uh, completely almost for the last four years. There's there's nothing out there. Well, for he anybody. was he he was in Justice League, but that's it. But he wasn't a predominant force within Justice League. So New Fifty Two Justice League, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was that was, was the backups yeah. in Justice League. Where no, he, he was in. the backup story. Yeah, but then after that, after a certain point, because he was in Throne Dark of Atlantis. War. Yeah, after Throne of Atlantis. After Throne of Atlantis, um, Shazam came on board. Okay, yeah, maybe so. Anyway, he just uh, wasn't Bendis. predominantly featured, but. I want. I, I want to. You know, somebody had recommended the question. Yeah, that was Abs- probably absolutely. Blake. Ooh, yes. Yeah. Uh, Renee Montoya I, I, question. Is it still Renee Montoya? Yeah. I, yeah I, well, I, no, she hasn't been around. Nobody's I, been around. I do think though, like what you're saying, street level heroes. He's great at taking like a low B tier character and bringing them up to the A tier and making. Them if he's know. not writing yeah. eight other books, if he's not right. Other books. Okay, so there's another. There's a there's a special host on our podcast named uh, Caleb Schaffner, and he uh, used to be a regular here at Horizon Comics before he moved down to Los Angeles. And I, I called love him. Caleb. Yeah, <laughs> Caleb's awesome, and he was saying that he he loves. Bendis yeah, and he's like too. hey you know the end of Bendis not really but early Bendis like yeah. he does really great on he said his favorite on Bendis was 
New Avengers. Yeah. And New Avengers was that amazing. That storyline, yeah. introducing the Sentry and that whole right. story, and everything in New Avengers that led all the way up to issue four of Siege. Right. Issue four of Siege is a different... That's a, that's a whole <laughs> other podcast. podcast. Right. <laughs> but um, that was... That was amazing storytelling. It yeah. really was. So what he's saying is like, hey, he takes like different people, different B-level teams yeah. and elevates them. So what he's thinking is either Teen Titans or Justice League of America. That would make sense on both Give them JLA. JLA. That, that book is, is a... Is a, a big dumpster book. fire yeah. that, but New Avengers that needs is a team to be book. fixed. So he does good with... I mean, you have GL... Oh, yeah, not GL. You have Green Arrow on there. You have the Atom on there. You have, you know, Little Lobo. B... You, Lobo. You have people that don't have huge the mythos. Yeah. yeah. And he can create something around he that. He can make them good. Right. Somebody else online suggested or, or made the suggestion because... You know, and this will this will kind of lead into another part of this discussion because, you know, Bendis is now another person that's left Marvel... Um, you know, how long is it going to be before we see some of the collaborators that he works with from Marvel jump ship, like Marquez, Marquez. or oh, Sarah Pacelli? He's and that led into. Could you see Bendis and Sarah? I would really like Sarah Pacelli to be at DC. Yes, and or that's Omega? and He's and that leads into this because somebody said, could you imagine seeing a book by Bendis and Pacelli featuring like Zatanna? Yeah, oh, be, okay, yeah, okay. Like, that like sent a, a little chill down my leg. That yeah. sounds really cool, right? I mean, I, I do think I think Justice League Dark. I think he could. There's a lot he could do there, and I would trust him with that. I don't know. I think that um, would be better in someone else's hands. But to see, oh, uh, yeah, I, no, I, I, I understand, <laughs> but yeah, Sarah Pacelli drawing Zatanna, yeah, Ben is writing him, yeah. Because I would, I would take her. You know, she's such an optimistic and hopeful character that's in the dark. I mean, she's probably the most optimistic character in the jail well, dark. Well, like, you know, and to take her to a little darker place, maybe I think would be really cool. Well, that's like yeah. uh, the trial for Jean Grey. Pacelli did, and her version of Jean Grey is like awesome. Like she's like, the, the, you can see the darkness in her, and she carries that over to Zatanna. Yeah, yeah, I'm. I'd be down. So when I read that, I was like. I'm down with that. I'd read that book. Yeah. <laughs> Another one that was thrown out by whatever makes I, the I, scroll I, Bendis I, shrivel and right. die. I'm, I'm I excited. Want. I just don't want to be like, okay, guys. Here's the thing. Bendis comes on board, right? Here's the thing. He's at the board meeting. So <laughs> this is ba- what we're gonna do. This is what we're gonna do. Batman. He just effed things up <laughs> in metal. Now. He's going to walk across America. Right. <laughs> and it's just going to be like, oh, my gosh. And it's going to be something horrible. You know, kind yeah. of thing. Right. And but his name's going to be Brian Michael Bendis at the top of the book. <laughs> exactly. Of just the title of the book. Exactly. But, no, I think he I, – because I, I was reading an article by Nerdist, and they said the top five books that they want to see him on. And I don't agree with Nerdist. I agree with Nerdist maybe 35% of the time. Um, I'm gonna be like Johnny, thirty-seven point two five eight. That's only. <laughs> I've never said that. I don't even understand but where this is coming from. Dude, I, I, this thing. is my first time on the now podcast, the man. I have to say what they tell me that you do. Sure, sure. <laughs> you know, That's it's funny it because I I'm the same way about most other comic sites that I see, and I mm-hmm. think they're all on the take. Yeah. You know, they want to get their free books from Marvel. They want to get their free books from DC. Yeah. I have to buy them, right? And, you exactly. know, so yeah. whatever. Yeah, we have to part um, with our hard-earned But I, I look at some of their look, I, Alien Toilet Monsters, which you're, oh, you you get you get to take home tonight and read. <laughs> got like a nine and a half There's from a reviewer no on Bleeding way. Cool, and I'm like, what? I'm like, um, 
I don't care okay. how into weird stuff you are. There's no reason that book deserved that high of a score. Anyways, sorry. What were the titles? Going on. Okay, yeah. sorry, anyway, sorry. Go. The, the sorry. top titles on Nerdist was number one, Batman, because Tom no. King is coming to his end. No. I don't think that's going to happen. No. Number two, Wonder Woman. No. no. Greg no. Ruck is doing such a great job. No. Oh, no. okay, okay, okay. Let me, let me finish. Anyway, let's sorry. keep going. No, okay. I think Greg Ruck was. I stopped around issue 20. He's off already. Oh, he's already off? Thank God. Yeah. Oh, okay. Anyway, yeah, go ahead. With They're 25, tripping. It wasn't 20. as bad as they think it is. Right, Johnny? It, it was. It was pretty good. Go ahead. Um, next was Teen Titans. Yeah. Teen Titans, I, I'd be okay with. Then it was Nightwing. Yeah. Then mm. it was Justice League. Won't happen. Nightwing, I no. see Justice League Justice of League America, America? Yeah. or the Atom. Yeah. I see these offshoot characters from Bendis. Yeah. But here's the thing. Bendis did an amazing job, and I don't, I, I you can't. You can't create, you know, lightning in a bottle. So he did an amazing job with Ultimate Spider-Man. I really yep. like that. House of M did a really yep. good job. So good. Fear itself, liked it. He didn't write that. Yeah. Matt Fraction wrote that. Matt right. Fraction did write that. He wrote Siege. Siege. Yeah. Which was, yeah. And, okay, right. sorry. And uh, the other one, Secret Invasion. So, I mean, okay, if you look at, uh, he looks at characters like Spider-Man, which is a young, coming of age kind of a person, and... I know you hate him, Johnny. I'm sorry. But Damien oh. is still a coming-of-age oh. hero. Yeah. And all the Teen Titans are coming-of-age people, you know? So I think I can see him on Teen Titans or Just League of America just because of the offshoot people. And a name of B-E-N-D-I-S will sell books. It does. Justice League of America, Roger, how is it doing? Uh, yeah, uh, there you go. It'll and probably look, raise and, it to and it. And honestly, uh-huh. the main Justice League book, too. Justice League. Oh, that Justice League book in general Justice is League not good. is a disappointment. Um, Just League of America is a dumpster fire. Yeah. So, but the dumpster fire. Chris Priest is it. taking over Justice League. We'll see what happens. Hey, yeah. who's taking over but Nightwing? Sam, but Sam, Sam Humphries. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. That has potential. This first story arc is already called Untouchable. So I'm like, I want to see what that looks like. Let's let's but, do this, Sam Humphries. But yeah, but Bendis, I think it'll sell books, but they need to put him not on a huge thing because the huge things are actually doing very well right now. And that leads to Action Comics 1001. No. Bendis. Stop it. Coming. What are you doing? Coming. Right are you talking about? Coming to a local draw. store here. So the, 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 I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick figure draw this for Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> the other side of this announcement is the fact that uh, for a year now, probably longer, we've been teased with this possibility of Hickman coming over, Jonathan Hickman coming over to DC. Yeah. yeah. Um, lo and behold, that there are some actual credible sources to he this he's, he has pitched books to dc he has met with the executives and other higher ups there several times and they liked apparently something enough to make him an offer that he has yet to accept on so justice league dark i <laughs> everyone so should write justice yeah. league dark Hick- hickman on justice league dark would be dope i hickman <laughs> would be perfect for that yes but also, or or but the actually, fourth world. actually, yeah, the fourth world. I, I really, I want Hickman to be given the entire fourth world sandbox and say, "Have fun." That's true. because Both Hickman's a writer. Here's the thing. Here's where DC is at. They they're they're totally rocking the the optimism, the hope, the tr- uh, the the legacy, all that stuff. Jonathan's John Hickman's kind of a dark writer. Like yeah. Secret Wars or Secret Wars was a dark story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he's a he's a dark writer. He he likes doing villains. He likes doing the nitty gritty type stuff. And he is a guy that's also a world building dude. Yeah. He loves to do long, expansive story arcs. Even if it kills him. Even <laughs> if it kills him. Even if it destroys the universe. Um, so I can't see exactly where he fits into the DC mold at the moment. Not saying he can't. 
Just saying, I don't yeah. see it. Well, but you give him something like the fourth world where he can just go bonkers for however long he feels like, that makes sense. Now, he could do that in Jail Dark as well. Yeah. But yeah. even having. Well, cross. I mean, you got to look at things like Cape Carson, Doom Patrol, Mother Panic, you know, things that maybe DC want to keep running, and then they'll put them on those books. Gerard Way is not going to let go of those. That tool is just firmly Jeez, rooted. Come on. <laughs> but it's exciting, man. Two of the biggest <laughs> writers in comics. I, yeah, I, I hope we get an announcement about Aaron. I mean, I, I really would Bendis? love. No, Aaron. Aaron. I hope that we get an announcement Darren that he has that, that he has agreed to terms with DC on something. When Thor's done, not I said Aaron. Didn't that's what I, I was like, like three times. Yeah, Hickman. Hickman. Okay. Yes. Okay. I was yeah. like, I was like what are you Aaron. That's Darren Aronofsky. But never mind. Uh, I was like, man, we're just gonna see <laughs> Sorry, all kinds of guys. Danny, <laughs> Danny was nice enough to bring adult beverages. That's <laughs> <laughs> for me and Raj. Yeah. So, yeah. So, no, Hickman. I, wanna, I, I hope. I hope they cement a deal with Hickman. I, I want, really do. Yeah. I, oh so. my god. It's like a golden age the over at DC. It's going to be so stacked if that's the case. Like whatever ooh. forces Marvel to step up their game, yeah. so be it. Here's the yeah. thing, though. You know, you mentioned you, Danny. You mentioned Bendis sells books. Yeah, Hate Bendis has a lot of haters right now. But right. here's the thing: is Bendis is in a different sandbox now. I agree. No, but he has a lot of haters. You look. You look at the. You look at the the Facebook feeds and Twitter feeds about this move. Okay. Blowing up, and there are there are so many Marvel Equal guys parts. that are that are like, oh yeah, good riddance. Yeah, you yeah. Shoff was telling me that. And was there on the are DC guys that are like, oh God, help us, you know. But that's you know that that's what Bendis has done over the last five years. He's he's a polarizing figure. I actually, you know, at the end of the day, after I thought about this for a little bit and talked with a few people, I'm you I'm and I kind of about excited. It first, yeah, thing Tuesday. We, we were right. Um. I'm actually somewhat excited because I think yeah. Bendis in a new sandbox is great. is a good thing. And he said, you know, he's he not going to write eight books at a time. No, he right. is not. You know, DC's not going to let him do it. I mean, the most that any of their writers do is like two books. So yep. yeah. might get two or three. Well, I, I mean, that, it goes yeah. back to your original statement. Like he needs to check his ego at the door. Jeff Johns and the team already have a good thing going. No, and it seems like all of the creators at DC across all the books they have great chemistry. Yep. You know, they love the company. They love the characters. They love what they're doing. It's like, you know, it's, it's, it's like a happy family. Yeah. Yeah. How Marvel toxic is, is it over is, at Marvel right now yeah. for that to, for, for the company man to yeah. switch companies? Yeah. So I know I'm the, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the guest here, but I want to ask you guys questions real quick. What are you yeah. guys' thoughts real quick? Yeah. What does DC, what does Marvel need to do to get to the do place? Do a rebirth? Like a real. Well, they tried to with Legacy, but it was garbage. That's what I'm saying. It was garbage. Like a real. But like, what do they need? They need to issue an apology. Exactly. (laughs) I'm not even joking. No, no, no. You are exactly right because that's what DC did following New Fifty Two prior. Well, in the midst of New Fifty Two. Say what you will about Dan DeDio. I respect that man. No, I respect him because he actually relinquished control and said, "Okay, let's do something different." Yeah, right. I get that. And he apologized to the retailers. He apologized to the fans. Yep. He realized what the mistake was, and he says, we heard you, where we're going to write the ship. Who right. would be, Ox Alonso or something like that? Uh, like, Joe Quesada. No, yeah. uh, right now, Marvel seems to still have their heads in the sand. I think they're making too much money from the And that's that we yeah. do really we frustrating, yeah. you know? They need to literally start from scratch, step one. Well, one of the things that made Rebirth so successful was Jeff Johns went to every creative team 
at DC right. and was like, what are you passionate about? What do you love about this character? What is, what is foundational about this? What story do you need to tell? Like, he got in touch with that. And he put creators where they wanted to be most, where they were going to do the most good. Yeah. Right. You know, they weren't well, just... Jonathan, you've, you've, you've met Jeff Johnson, you've talked to him, and you know that that guy, when 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 you're standing across from he him and he's talking, he's, he bleeds comics. DC. Yeah. He loves comics. He loves the DC characters. He's effusive in, in his, you know, excitement yep. about, you know, this world. It's not... It's not a job. It's not passive. It's not a job. Yep. You know? I mean, like I said, um, I've said several times on this podcast, when I met Jeff Johns for the first time, the thing I asked him, like, how do you, like, you're my favorite writer? Like, I was fanboying hard. Yeah. Um, uh, how do you consistently write, like, all these great stories that I love, blah, blah, blah. And his answer is just simple but profound. He's like, I just love the characters. And that's what it takes. And it shows. It shows. Day in, day, in, day out. I'm not going to prolong this podcast longer, but I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. After... We've stopped. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, well, you can't tease the listeners like that. Can you ask that question on air? Yeah. Then what's the difference between the story of Infinite Crisis and Forever Evil that Alexander Luther was the ultimate evil along with Anti Monitor? It's the same recycled story mm-hmm. by Jeff Johns. Anyways, <laughs> we got time for two questions. I do love Jeff Johns, okay. though, but that was the only beef I had with him. I have to go back and like read Infinite Crisis and Forever Evil again. Yeah, that was my only thing. That was my only beef with him. But I think he's amazing. What he's done with Rebirth yep. is just yeah. out of this world. Good. When you're around them, you shouldn't uh, like say like Jeff John's name in vain or something like that. Oh, I come in here. I think on Fridays with Roger, and I'm here for what Roger like two hours, and we just talk. And I I do talk bad about Jeff John. I'm like I'm, a, Johnny. But, I but am Johnny, you. That's a fair assessment because I Jeff John's is look. He's an awesome human being mm-hmm. and an awesome human writer. I right. Mean, human human writer. I mean, look if, Comics at this writer. wall behind you. <laughs> Adult he's, beverages. He's set apart <laughs> in all these books. He is set apart. If yeah. you look at the wall right behind Johnny and, and Roger, he's set apart. So you have to give him credit for that. And he is yeah. amazing. I just think he has his flaws just like everyone yeah. has their flaws. It is, everything he writes isn't always perfect, but exactly, it's but good. Yeah, it's really freaking good. So, All right. We have questions? We got time for like two. No, I'm cute. sorry. I'm still. Jeff Johns has flaws. <laughs> what? Uh, excuse me? <laughs> yes. Perfect. Forever Evil and Infinite Crisis. Anyway, no. No. Okay. I anyway. enjoyed those, though. See, that too were good. The, they were the, same as, the reason why you liked it is because it was the same exact story. <laughs> All right. I don't think it's the anyway, same. Anyway, let's, let's just go. Recycled. All right. Recycled. Okay. I've Recycled. got a question from uh, Carlos uh, Lopez this week. Oh, weird. Carlos. What did, what did How you think unexpected. of Thor Ragnarok? Who's seen it? It was great. It was great. Yes, yes. Loved it. Danny, I've se- I've seen enough. Allison? You've seen the trailers. <laughs> no, I've, I've seen, seen the five. I've seen the five trailers. No, uh, Jonathan hasn't seen that. it yet. Um, I know okay, all the twists at this point, the, guys. So the um, sidebar to this uh, question was, and where did it rank in this year's list of super, this year's oh. list of superhero movies for did you? Did Wonder Woman come out this year? Yeah. Yep, <laughs> June. Um, oh, I I still like Wonder Woman better. I, I I'm sure part, I will. Part too. of that look that's that's Thor Ragnarok was a great movie. It was a heck of a lot of fun. Um, even though even though I thought it was, you know, because it's such a dark premise, Ragnarok. Right. The the problem that I had with uh, Thor two, a dark world, it was a really dark movie that had these jokes in it that seemed like they were ad hoc. And I was like, I don't think I should be laughing right now, you know, because this is really dark. Um, 
this Thor Ragnarok, it starts off with a joke. You know, I mean, they're 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 joking right off the bat. Um, and but you know, and I was like, oh, so that's how it's going to be. And and it followed through the whole movie. I loved it. I, I absolutely, I was entertained from start to finish. It's the best Hulk movie ever made. Hulk. Um, H O H O P E Hulk. 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 Sorry, it's Hulk. Hulk. great. Whoa, hold that's, the phone. That's my southernness coming through. That's your southern. That's, uh, it's the best Hulk movie ever made. It's the best Thor movie ever made. Yeah. Um, Jeff Goldblum is great as the collector. Um, Grandmaster. Grandmaster, right? Nerds. His brother, old timer, <laughs> or whatever. Um, top five MCU for sure. Yeah, definitely a top five. I was asked this question earlier today. I think definitely a top five. Potentially a top three, but Maybe. I would have to go through and look at. You're gonna, have to, you're gonna have to. I, the first right. Iron Man. Yeah. The first Iron Man is still kind of way up there for me, oh, yeah. just because yeah. of of. Dude, Winter Soldier. Yeah, Winter, Winter, so- Soldier. Winter Soldier is Winter definitely Soldier is way probably high. number one for me. Yeah. Uh, right now, right now, Black Panther is probably a top five <laughs> just for the trailer. You know, that's true. So that is, it does look dope. But um, no, Thor Ragnarok. Look, it's I don't care if you pay D box, IMAX, regular seat, discount prices. Don't doesn't matter. It it's worth your money. Yeah, don't see it in 3D. I heard just the opposite. I see. I'm the same. I, I'm done with 3D. I don't. I, yep. I, I don't have any desire to see 3D anymore. Mm-hmm. I saw it in 2D. I loved it. People that saw it in 3D said the 3D was awesome. And yeah, I was the thing like, is, uh, but it mutes the colors and it doesn't really, okay. uh, it, like the glasses yeah. kind of mess with the visuals, and that's what you want to okay. see is all yeah, the, like, I, the beautiful colors. I wish was it IMAX 3D or is it regular yeah, 3D? IMAX 3D. Okay, so that's actually I won't care. Well, and they probably have, if it's regular 3D, it's actually two cameras side by side, and that's what has the discoloration. Mm. Um, yeah, so I, I wish they had IMAX 2D. I'd be all over that, but yeah, yeah, but great movie, great movie. Yeah, definitely. I'll have Thanks, to see Carlos. It on the weekend. All right, uh, Blake. Blake has a couple of questions. Blake, no, we already, we only had, I know. Matt said two. We're over two hours. I Blake, know. we got uh, we got. Well, no, what I was going to say is we already answered part of it in the news <laughs> segment, okay. Blake. So you got to just the back it up to that. Yeah, the Bendis yeah. stuff Rewind. is what character do you want to see him write and whatnot, and oh, we yeah. went oh. ad nauseum about that. Yeah. Um, what is your favorite Kyle Higgins? Uh, story. Power Rangers. Let me tell you about Batman right? Gates of <laughs> Gotham. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. Mine is. The uh, digital first Batman 2.0, Batman Beyond 2.0. Did Higgins do that? Higgins did that. Do sounded that sounded like a Y2K story. <laughs> no, no, it's a, it's that a sounds great. Like Batman 2.0. It's a great story because, like, if you remember, a lot of the villains in Batman Beyond, they're like uh, cyborgs, like especially that uh, sound guy. Okay. Um, the so Ink Girl too. Right, right. Yeah. They they all come they all come back and they impersonate Batman and the Bat Family and to take down uh, Terry McGinnis and it's really good. Hmm. Well, right there on. you go. I probably uh, the most I've read by Kyle Higgins is Gates of Gotham and uh, the, the Nightwing, Nightwing one. The Nightwing is that good? Run. I haven't picked it up yet, but I, I dug I, it. I just read. I read pretty much the whole thing. Need Power Rangers Volume One. Oh, oh yeah, that was that was pretty good. Yeah. I'm not a Power Rangers guy though, yeah. but I I'd, I'd probably take his You're Nightwing. Just wrong. <laughs> no. Yeah, I'm not yeah. a name guy. I don't. You know, if it's a good comic, it's a good comic. Unless you know, unless it's like your Jeff Johns. Mm-hmm. But perfect. Jeff <laughs> Uh, but no, I, you know, so no. yeah. But no, Kyle, look, I mean, Gates of Gotham was killer. Yep, 
I, I couldn't tell you anything. It's tough to done. That was yeah. just because that's tonight, and my short term memory is about twenty seconds. So. Yep. Okay. So that's going to do it for questions, guys. Uh, do we have any new reviews? Did anybody check to see if we had any new reviews? You know what? I I don't know if we got any new reviews, but we got an excellent email from Bryce. Yeah. Uh, read it real quick. Again, that read it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Do it. Um, Bryce says, uh, Roger, I can't thank you enough for reviewing Day Tripper on the podcast. It's uh, recommendations like Great Day Tripper that sets you all apart from all the noise of other comics fans with the podcast. Uh, other anyway, uh, that is some kind of special book. Uh, hell, I'm going to have to adjust my expectations of a perfect comic after reading that work of poetic art. I'm passing it on to a couple of other drivers that read comics give them boys a reminder uh that like bras black coffee uh don't make life tolerable makes life memorable um y'all have yourselves a wonderful week you know that's awesome thanks that's pretty dope you know and i you know again this kind of goes back to the whole thing with you know look we're not um I, i i don't care if we ever get marvel or dc or any other anybody else to sponsor us i'm always going to shoot it straight you know yeah uh, you know whether somebody's giving you your money or not doesn't mean that you have to sacrifice your integrity or your honesty about a book because if 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 it wasn't for shows like ours and there's plenty of others uh, i think out there that you know at least at least people who will tell it to you straight then you know how are I, how are you ever going to know what's real and what's not? Yeah. You know, I'm not, I'm not here to blow smoke up anybody's ass. I'm just, to, you know, here to give you my opinion. And we don't always agree right. on books. I mean, we have, um, we have diverse opinions. We have diverse personalities. Uh, that's one of the reasons why we have guests on every week, Yeah, you know, is to, is to keep it fresh and keep it changed up and, and say, Hey, you know, tell us about books that we don't know about yeah. or that we've forgotten about. Yep. Um, and, and day tripper was, was one of those. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's one of my all time favorite books. Um, that's really kind of special. I don't know that it will speak to everyone, but the people that it speaks to, it does too pretty strongly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, I mean, I mean, opinioneering in all star comics podcast is kind of like in the same vein that like we, that's why it's called opinioneering because we've mm-hmm. got the engineers, opinioneers, like we have our own opinion and that's Wait, why we, what? Right? is that where that comes from? Wait. Are Wait. you being sarcastic right now? Because I have a dull <laughs> beverage. I have a dull beverage in my system right now. Um, no, I, yeah, we got the name from someone weird. But that's why we've had yeah. Roger on so many times, and I've actually asked Matt to be on, but the schedules, and I haven't – I thought I had your number, Matt, but I didn't. But um, I do now. And Matt's lazy, that's why. Oh, okay. I need you on there, Johnny, because yeah. usually I'm you. Yeah. Literally, like they're you, like they're getting on you. Like, you just have more energy than me. I'm like, ah, I'll give up. Oh, I do. Oh, I'll fight back all day long. But anyways, <laughs> but that's the reason why. Like we we give back our opinions, and that's why I why I'm so excited for the crossover episode between opinioneering and All Star Comics podcast when it comes to Thanksgiving Doomsday week. Clock, Thanksgiving week. And Doomsday Clock and Justice League movie. I'm really excited uh, to hear what you guys have to say. Any, anytime <sighs> someone says crossover episode, I just think Bojack. <laughs> Bojack is awesome. Yeah. Bojack's dope. I have I to almost, give that another I almost, view almost because I brought, there. I tried watching that show and I was just like, "What is this?" So I, were you drunk about. while you were watching? No. Nope. Well, there yeah. you go. Yeah. I, oh well, then. <laughs> I'm just joking. Bojack is Bojack is awesome. I mean, it's 
It's really, really awesome. Yeah, I, I can't say enough good about that show. Yeah. Cool, cool, um, cool. All right. So, so if you guys like what you're hearing, please rate, review, subscribe, like, and share. Uh, you can go on to, if you want to go above and beyond, you can go to patreon.com slash podcast. Dollar gets you on. Three dollars gets you the exclusive. Multiversity, university dump of episodes all Dope at once. Name. We're, <laughs> yeah, we're actually doing a new round of episodes with Larry next week. Get those questions um, in, and so we're gonna have we're gonna have another dump of probably six or seven multiversity universities uh, coming by the end of next week for yeah. all you patrons out there. Be sure that. to subscribe to the Patreon thing. Yep. Yeah, I love that name. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where I, dude. John is one of those. about to go through his Elvis. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, guys, uh, if you want to keep up with everything at Horizon Comics, at Horizon Comics on Twitter and Instagram, like Horizon Comics on Facebook for all the updates and stuff like that. If you want to follow Johnny and keep track of how uh, just sullen he is right now and just being <laughs> just so, so tired. tired and hungry. Oh, dear Lord. Yeah. Where can they stalk you, Johnny? Uh, you can Jack fo- in the Box in about 15 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> I really actually hate Jack in the Box. Anyway, oh, dear Lord. Uh, you can follow me everywhere at the johnny 2 x 4 Danny? Uh, you can follow me on my personal at, uh, at dmsaber.com. Not dot com. At Saber <laughs> on Instagram. Wow. But also, if you want to follow my podcast uh, with our Plug co-host away. that Roger has been a special guest on multiple times, at Opinioneering, uh, you can find me there. Cool. Is that on Instagram, Twitter, all that? That's Instagram and Facebook, yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, we monopolized that name because no one really used it. So Nice. Yeah. Well, then, a, yeah, an awesome name. And you guys you guys have four awesome panelists. I yeah. mean, you... Uh, Colton. Colton. Jason. Jason. Caleb. Oh, I was going to say Danny. Um, that's your your day. I'm yeah, me. Adult beverages. <laughs> uh, and, and Caleb. Uh, oh yeah, I, Caleb I, is our special host. I yeah. love all you guys. So and, and you guys really do. Um, now they've got they've got a more unique take because their episodes actually always include adult beverages. <laughs> yeah, everyone they're, they're adult beverages. They, they don't they don't uh, they don't even attempt to do PG. So it's yes. like yeah, it's not PG. No, it's, it's not. Jonathan, I want you on there. Jonathan, like, I want you guys on this. Down. You're so down. Like, on your well, birthday, bro. It was, it was funny because I think when when you asked me tonight, you were like, "Can can I bring drinks?" And I'm like. Yeah, and it's like, what did Jonathan Johnny like? I'm like milk, <laughs> <laughs> I, and I was like, okay, just, I'll, I'll but, meet uh, you halfway and bring orange juice. Yeah, <laughs> I'm actually like those intolerant. But uh, yeah, yeah, no, you guys, you guys yeah. have a great show. It's a lot yeah, of fun. Yeah, thanks for having Ooh. me on, guys. You guys, oh, are, absolutely, you guys are great, yeah, definitely. Man. Um, I'm at St. Jonathan on the Twitters and the Instagrams. You can follow at the Hydra Five Five for all your audio and video game review needs and all that stuff. Thank you guys for listening and have a good week. Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to Multiversity University. I'm your host, Larry Douglas. Tonight, we're going to continue our discussion of the Platinum Age, and we're going to talk about something that I call myths of the Platinum Age. Now, one of the things that we need to understand about the Platinum Age itself is that it took a while for people to recognize the Platinum Age as an actual age of comic books. And the reason for that was when comic book collecting and the interest in comic book history first were getting started, people were, of course, interested in the Golden Age, and there was a lot of research done about the Golden Age. And also, this was happening during the Silver Age, so the Silver Age was very well documented. As a result, we're not going to discover very much about the Silver Age or the Golden Age that we don't 
already know. Uh, now, we might discover some new things, but there's not going to be anything that's going to cause us to completely revamp the way that we think about those particular ages of comic books. But the Platinum Age was in much the same position that, that the Victorian Age is right now. What a lot of people don't realize is that the reason that the Victorian Age has only recently been recognized is because the first copy of a Victorian Age comic, The Adventures of Mr. Obadiah Oldbuck, wasn't discovered until 1998, and it was discovered in Oakland, California. And it was after that that people began researching the Victorian Age and finding all these comics that were released during that time. And there's still a lot more, I'm sure, to be discovered about that. But the Platinum Age was in much the same position. We didn't have very many Platinum Age comics, and so a lot of myths grew up about what the Platinum Age was like. Now, since then, we've discovered a lot more, and we know that some of the things that we used to think about the Platinum Age aren't true. But the reason I'm still calling these myths rather than just revisions, which you would normally get in any type of history, is because every single one of these myths that I'm going to mention tonight, and there's going to be six that I'm going to discuss are things that I have seen in an article that someone has written about comic book history within the last two years. So there are people out there that still believe some of these things, even though they have been proven to be untrue. And I'm not talking about somebody simply interpreting something in a way differently that I might interpret it, but I'm talking about things that we know are simply factually not true, that we can just say, no, this is simply an untrue thing that we used to believe, now we know something else. The first one that I want to mention is that many people believe that during the Platinum Age, up until 1935, all the comics that were put out were simply reprints of daily comic strips. Now, it's true that that's what most of them were, but we actually did have some comics with original material in them prior to 1935. For example, The Funnies by Dell that came out in 1929 uh, did contain all new material. And a comic that's just recently been discovered, Detective Dan, Secret Operative Number 48 in 1933, was also all original. So even though there weren't very many examples, we did have original material prior to the first, what's normally considered the first original comic book uh, that came out in 1935. A lot of people also came to believe that all of the comics of the Platinum Age prior to Famous Funnies number 1 in 1934 were promotional, that they were all for the purpose of being given away to promote some product. Now, it's true that there were a lot of promotional comics in the Platinum Age, but we now know that during the Platinum Age, going all the way back to the beginning in 1897, that comics were being sold. Uh, they, many of them sold for as much as 60 cents. Sometimes they would sell for less, depending on page count. Um, sometimes they would sell for as little as a nickel. But it wasn't until the Great Depression that the 10-cent price that became common during the Golden Age and up through 1962 became common. But we now know that there were actually more comics being sold during the Platinum Age than actually being given away. Another myth of the Platinum Age is that the comics of that time did not look like modern comics until Famous Funnies number one. But we now know that there were several examples of comic books prior to Famous Funnies number one that looked just like modern comics. Uh, one that I mentioned before, uh, Famous Funnies, a carnival of comics. But even before that, there was Funnies on Parade and Century of Comics, which also looked just like modern comics do. 
There was also a belief that there were no comics that were being regularly published prior to Famous Funnies number one. And we now know that that's not true either. For example, in 1922, there was a comic called Comics Monthly, which came out and was sold, as you might expect, each month. And the Funnies by Dell was published weekly in 1929. So we did have comics coming out on a regular basis prior to that. There's also a belief that Superman was actually the first character to get his own book named after him containing stories just about that one particular character. Now, you could argue that the Victorian Age comics were like that as well, and that since many of the early Platinum Age comic books contained reprints of a single comic strip, that they were also about one character. But many of those also had kind of an ensemble cast of characters. They weren't necessarily just about one particular character. But even before Superman, ignoring all those others, in 1934, there was a comic called Skippy's Own Book of Comics. And this was a comic book that was all about a character called Skippy, a very popular character in the 1930s. And they even emphasized on the cover, if you can take a look at that, and again, something you can find online, that there were over a thousand panels worth of Skippy in this comic book. So that's the reason that you were getting that comic if you wanted it. And then, of course, finally, we come to the myth that there were no superheroes in the Platinum Age, that we have to wait till the Golden Age to get superheroes. And it's true that it's in the Golden Age that superheroes proliferate, but in the Platinum Age, uh, for example, um, Famous Funnies had a character called Mandrake the Magician. Now, you might argue that Mandrake was not a superhero, but if you're going to do that, then we're going to have to throw out Doctor Strange and all of the other occult characters, John Constantine and some of the others, that we do consider superheroes, um, even though they uh, don't come from other planets and their powers are more occult in origin. Now, I know it might seem a little bit harsh to call these myths, uh, and part of the reason that people came to believe some of these things is because a lot of these didn't really lead anywhere. For example, Comics Monthly only lasted for a year, and The Funnies by Dell, even though it had 36 issues since it was a weekly comic, it lasted actually less than nine months, and so they didn't really lead to comics coming out regularly until Famous Funnies number one. Also, of course, Mandrake the Magician uh, wasn't really much of a superhero compared to some of the ones that would come along in the Golden Age. And again, uh, he didn't inspire any of the heroes of the Golden Age. So again, it could be argued that it didn't lead anywhere. And so as a result, we might say, well, these aren't really myths. These were just maybe kind of dead ends that didn't go anywhere. And that's why they get passed over. And that's certainly true. But we do need to at least acknowledge that these things did happen in the Platinum Age, that there was a lot more going on at that time than we sometimes think, a lot more experimentation, not only with the form of comics, but with the content as well. And it's just another reason why I believe that the Platinum Age is the most important period of comic book history. And I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I look forward to joining you again next week.